time to settle in for another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas with your hosts, Aaron, Jeff, and Nathan. You gotta be fucking kidding. Oh, hey, you okay? Oh, damn, Antimata. Oh, you gonna be all right? I'm feeling rosy air. Oh, what's in the box? It's black as time. What's in the fucking box? Anything! All right, it's time once again for another episode of Deep in the Horror of Texas. I am Aaron. I'm Jeff. I'm Nathan. Um, well, we're finally back all together and we're going to do a fresh new episode. Uh, Fuck spring break. That was too damn short. Yeah, that was a really uh, That long, happened? Yeah, it was a long holiday, man. <laughs> um, but what comes with all holidays and um, the turning of the spring and all this good stuff that's happening today. Pregnancies. Oh. Lori Povich. Yeah. Trump. Drug deals gone bad. <laughs> Whatever. Um, uh, something unique and special <laughs> happened. Um, the long-awaited film uh, Batman vs. Superman. Uh, came out and hit theaters. That's not the only thing it hit. <laughs> um, well, it, listen, it hit a sweet spot for you. <laughs> it hit a toilet. It hit a toilet. <laughs> went right around the uh, sweet spot and went straight to the toilet. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, let's uh, let's dive right into the toilet and uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, jibber jabber about it. Um, Nate, yo. All right. Well, actually, like, yeah, let's let's have Nate start because he actually uh, went opening night to go see it. Opening night. I fought tooth and nail for these tickets. Uh, I fought my boss to get the night off. Nice. You fought us to not record. I fought you guys. To, I called family day. Yep. I, I don't have a family, much of a family. I got a family yes. in progress. Yes. It's, it's loading. <laughs> yes. It's loading. It's, it's <laughs> like an old computer. Um, Dial up. So I had to fight everybody off with a stick and fire to go see this fucking movie. You got regurts? I sat in the theater, fucking spent like $65, got popcorn, two sodas, a hot dog, blah, 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 ready. Me and my wife are all giddy. And then it ended. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude. What a fucking movie. Dude, I was in a packed fucking house. I am so grateful. AMC, uh, or not AMC, uh, Cinemark XD. We were fucking like third in line but we got there like two hours early oh wow we were afraid of fucking yeah. lines yeah they let us in like just to sit down and chill yeah and especially instead of, with instead of standing there for oh, especially with your wife two, i mean yeah. shit, like two better. hours early yeah we got in we got huh. into our seats at 4 45 and the film didn't start till 6 30 oh wow 6 30 wow. so i was like fuck yeah like we've stood there for like five minutes and we're just like going in i think like, the earliest yes. i've ever gotten to a movie was maybe 45 minutes and they let us in at uh at amc 30 Mm. Uh, that was for the Matrix when the Matrix first came out. Yeah, I'm I'm unused to that because I've fuck Spider Man like two or three. I waited in line for like two hours. Yeah, it sucked. My feet were killing me. Thank God I had some pot. Uh, that, car, that always helps. My car was now, that comes pretty close. Now I gotta ask: Did they let y'all in because Sammy was pregnant? No, 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 no. There was actually uh, four fat bald dudes in front of us. Like, now they could have been pregnant as well too. Oh, these guys were dickheads too, man. Like. Yeah, they're like, pregnant with the, ginormous we, egos. The ropes, the <laughs> ropes weren't even up yet for the line, and I just walked up to the the theater concession guy that was standing there. I was like, "Hey, is is this the line starting?" And he was like, "Yeah." And this fat guy's like, "Yep, that's right, baby. First, right here, right here." I was like, "You're fucking fifty eight, dude." 
shit. <laughs> You're eating deep fried butter. And then this. Exactly. <laughs> eating then, he's bleeding no it. Shit. And then just by dumb coincidence, this guy sits right behind me in the theater and all the. Oh, yeah. Mouth breathing. And then the entire fucking like hour and 30 minute that's wait. The, that's a smell of bacon emit from him. All, oh, dude. Totally. Like fucking Crisco. <laughs> this guy was sweating. <laughs> he, uh, he was sitting behind us the entire time bitching at his son to quit using the internet because it's eating up the data. Wait, <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. I, okay, I had to like, ask. Fuck. Was his son older than you? His son was like probably <laughs> 40 and still in college. <laughs> He's like, I got kicked off campus. Like, oh my God, this family was just like, oh my God. So I was praying that the movie would start. And then I was praying for it to end. <laughs> I do like the first, like, fucking 15 minutes of the film, though. There's some... Nah, I'm not going to completely shit on the movie. There were some cool scenes, but overall... Pfft, yeah. So when did you go see it, Jeff? Um, Friday morning. Okay, so you, so, so you saw it the, oh, at the official opening day. Yeah. Of going to see it. Um, yeah, like, I guess I just went ahead and booked my tickets. Uh, we went. I took the wife and my son to go see it at the, uh, the Edwards IMAX downtown. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, see, so tell IMAX, did you get any of the special bonuses? Yeah, I, I got like this laminated ticket because it was like you saw it week one. Oh, okay. You know, okay. That was pretty neat. Uh, I gave it to my son. I was like, here, this is for you. And uh, we sat down. And what's neat, I, the reason I saw it on IMAX because it, it goes from letter, it wasn't letterbox. It was actually like a, a couple, you know, it, it was damn near full yeah, screen. Yeah. And it was neat having that much uh, yeah. of the film. I mean, uh, the opening scenes where you're getting a lot of the uh, Batman origin story with uh, Snyder's unique visual take. It was beautiful. Uh, the 3D was all right. Not not needed at all. But, uh, yeah, the whole fucking film, I was just, uh, I was really, I, no, like, it was like I wanted to love it. I, I really wanted to enjoy it. Uh, but it just, it, it lacks so much stuff to make it fun and uh, overall good it was really a style without substance really for me it was all style it was a beautiful every fucking frame was beautiful but the the substance was just really lacking in this film and i think uh david goyer or yeah mm. he does a lot of screenplay work it's just like like they dropped the ball in the script duties um they tried to cram way too much into did. it yeah they like did. they did five five storylines they did uh death in the family under the Red Hood. Well, they hinted at sli- Death of the Family. Slightly. And then uh, Death, of, Death of Superman. Uh, they did like a moment of Flashpoint Paradox, but changed it. And then they also did a uh, fucking... I can't remember Justice the Justice League. One. Yeah, Justice with, League. Uh, with uh, the ending with the parody... Or the middle with the parademons. And then like part Doom. Or not Doom. Uh, War. Yeah. So... The main thing that... Cut- oh, and Dark Knight Returns. Or, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Yeah. The main thing I took away from it was uh you know the whole time my my son was kind of looking at me like why the fuck is Batman just gunning down people? Yeah. And I was looking at him like cuz they don't know how to make good movies. It was cool though. <laughs> I was like, well it, well it was good for an adult, but when you're looking at your 7-year-old son watching Batman and Superman kill, kill people, motherfuckers. And yeah. I was like, okay. Um you can't make a guy in fucking underwear cool. <laughs> And Batman was kind of a brute and everything. His physicality was really badass. But the idea of Batman being that awesome Dark Knight detective and then killing people with guns, it was kind of like... Uh, Can't I, be cool in underwear? Wait, 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 Deadpool wait, wait, might have something to wait, say Wait a minute. That. He was a detective in this movie? 
because yeah. I just mostly mostly saw copy and paste. He was very computer work. Yeah, he was kind of dumb in this film. I could agree. For me, I saw Saturday night, the the Saturday afterwards, and this is after I started hearing the reviews from other people, you know, not just critics, but reviews from other people. Yeah. And uh, I went with uh, no Twitter iffy friend of the show, no Twitter iffy, and uh, he came over and before he left, I was like, dude, let's let's just get hammered drunk when we get up there. Worst decision ever. So we went to Alamo Draft House. <laughs> Best decision ever. And uh, we had two pitchers of beer. We finished off one pitcher of beer before the movie even started. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and then we ordered the second pitcher of beer maybe about, I want to say about 45 minutes to an hour into the movie. We ordered the second one. And even then, we were just kind of like, eh. But uh, it's, yeah, it just had no, it, it was too conflicting. The visuals look good. They look nice. Affleck, I liked him as Bruce Wayne. I thought he was good. He was, was fucking good. good as a Batman. He was good. Uh, I'm eating my words on Gail Gaddett on Wonder Woman. I thought she was great. Uh, Caval, he, yeah. again, he, he was returning as Superman. He sounds like Christopher Reeve. He just doesn't act like him. No, he was stinking up the film as far as I was concerned. I didn't well, like I didn't Superman. say I didn't say his acting ability was good. I just said that he sounded like Christopher Reeve. Well, Christopher Reeve was an okay actor. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, uh, red that cheeks, was a bad one. But uh, but yeah, we we drank and uh, <laughs> and and things when you go to Alamo, they usually do things before the movie starts to kind of get you into it, to kind of hype you up a little bit. And they did something where they kind of did all the the best backstories of Batman, how many times Martha and Thomas Wayne have died in other than comic medium, and counting the cartoons, animated movies, other movies. Batman's parents have died nine times, including Batman versus Superman. That's it? Nine times. Oh, I thought it'd be more than that. Yeah, me too. So, when people... When you hear I people, think they're wrong. <laughs> it, it could be more. It I want to be say, more. because if you're counting animated films, they, 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 they always they, touch They included base. Batman the Animated Series, Batman 89, Batman Returns with the flashback. Uh, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. I don't uh, think Batman and Robin had it. No, it didn't. Uh, Batman Begins. Uh, Batman Under the Red Hood because they did a flashback. Uh, Batman, one of the other uh, Batman, no, Son of Batman, Robin, Son of Batman. Uh, Batman versus Superman. Mask of the Phantasm. Ah, I was gonna and, say Mask of the Phantasm is the one that I was thinking of. And there was another one, another animated, another made. Well, they they did the uh, Justice League uh, Flashpoint Paradox where yeah. she became Joker and the father. Well, that wasn't them dying, so never mind. But that wasn't really yeah, in the. Uh, that was Bruce dying, not yeah, Martha. Yours? What's your mom's name? Is it Diane? We could be friends. We could be friends. <laughs> Is it Diana? Maria? No, I have no idea. You don't know your mother's name? I forgot. <laughs> That's how fucking shitty that movie was to me. It was it, just like, oh man. I like, like I agree with Aaron. Batman, Ben Affleck. Keep doing Batman. He's fucking good. I enjoyed him as Bruce Wayne. I enjoyed him as Batman. He was fucking big, dude. He's good. He's a big dude. He's six four, six five, and yeah. fucking two fifty of pure muscle. Like I, that's I'm, a badass Batman. I'm curious to see when it comes on Blu-ray as an R-rated film, just to see how the the things that were cut out to make it R-rated. But man, dude, I was just like Snyder needed. Man, he really hit his high with his first film, Dawn of the Dead, because everything after that's just been kind of downhill. Three hundred was just. 300 i mean it's a really great film but an underrated one of his that i enjoyed was I think, uh watchman watchman was good watchman was it was good uh, it, it, everybody it was, shits it was, on that movie but, but i, I think, like it I, but i think the story was there 
and it just aided to his visual mm-hmm, yeah. content. I think ever since after that, it's like he doesn't have the right writers or he he loves duotone colors. He's very duotoned. It's either blues and grays, oranges and golds. Well, see, is that Reds. the director's choice or is that director of photography? Because I was going to say, I, I think he's got colored, a wonderful colors, director. Of I think the colors are his kind of signature. Like Abrams has lens flare. Yeah. Uh, just so happens that Snyder has duotones. He's got great color. His movies yeah. look beautiful. They're, it's just great. Well, I mean, I, I can oh, compare his. Fuck. I can compare his movies like looking at like a badass nice car. It looks nice. It's shiny. It's got great rims and everything. You don't. Open up, you open up the hood. There's no engine. <laughs> stripped <laughs> nothing inside just the shell and and that's kind of my my thoughts on batman versus superman it's a cool shell but it just doesn't have anything so do you do you agree with all the I, and i well, i love to use this term now because i think it's funny the snyder writers that are out there defending this movie no absolutely not but i don't agree with rotten tomatoes i don't think okay. this movie is a 32 i would give it 65 okay i'd give it a d Here's a defense, and I want y'all to see if this makes any kind of sense or not. If you don't like this movie, it's because you've never read a comic book. Bull fucking shit. If yep. you, no, I don't know. I it, don't read comic books, and I didn't like the movie. Look, okay. I, if you read comic books, even if you don't read comic books, you know these two superheroes. With them snuffing in fucking six to seven storyline of comic books, that's too fucking much. Make it a two-part film. If it felt like X Men Three with them stuffing so many stories. Into they could have just movie. done. They could have just done the Dark Knight Returns, and this movie would have been. Or uh, yeah, Dark Knight Returns series uh, with, the, with story the twist of ending. Line, with the twist ending. With the twist being, you know, the Justice League is coming. Well, no, no, like no, Superman's death at the end. Oh yeah, well, the death could have. Well, been Batman a dies in the comics. Yeah. Well, but he so defeats. Thomas. But he defeats Superman. But what I'm saying is, is when you try to shove too much into one movie uh storylines it doesn't fucking work Mm. you can make that movie four hours long it wouldn't be any good because you were just cramming too much shit into it yeah so fuck the defenders okay 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 here's another quote i like these quotes because i keep seeing the same person put these quotes on different forums all over social media here we go and i'll even imitate the guy's voice i hate this guy with a passion so i'll just imitate his voice and never say his name (laughs) so uh here, here, here like here's the here's the second thing this movie? So you don't like this movie? Well, it's because you probably enjoy those those Marvel popcorn and tongue-in-cheek movies. You don't know what a real man's comic book movie is. Uh-huh. Is that Mickey Mouse? He sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I'm oh. not going to say his name. Come on. No, I don't want to give him any recognition. Come on. This guy can die in a fiery school I bus. I don't like either Marvel or the DC I don't really, I don't know. It's like when it comes to entertainment value for me, it's like, I don't know. I check in and I really, as soon as I get finished watching the movie, I, I just firmly regret like spending my time watching that kind of movie. It was kind of like, oh, what the fuck was Ant-Man? Like, uh, like what the fuck was this? You know, like, well, why did I spend the time to give a shit? And it's like, you well, didn't like Ant-Man? No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Baskin Robbins always knows. I, I mean, I saw Daredevil and I thought it was going to be like, good you know because like the guy's cursing and there's supposed to be like violence and stuff like that and i was like oh cool it's gonna be like you know and it was wait you're talking the netflix series no the, the or I'm the sorry, movie the, the movie or um did i say daredevil yeah, i meant yeah. De- deadpool sorry okay yeah oh. i saw deadpool and i thought it was gonna be like ooh, this is gonna be cool and it wasn't i i didn't oh come on i didn't i didn't well come on but like i said if you're gonna compare okay let's just say this if you're gonna compare marvel movies to dc movies Batman versus Superman, I would put alongside like Thor two. 
I wouldn't even put it in the upper. I wouldn't even put it like Captain America fucking Winter Soldier. That's a fucking great movie. Even not being a comic book movie. That's a good fucking movie. It's action. It's spy. It's all this cool shit. High adrenaline. Uh, yeah. And but I, I, I can see your point with I, like I, I Ant-Man. Watched it, I watched it once. I enjoyed it. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was like Terminator 2. But it was Captain America. So I'll never roll back to it because it's Captain America. Um, Dark Knight, I'll watch again because it was a really good fucking film. It just happened to have Batman and Joker in it. That is. And, but Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan's DC take, I mean, it really pales to no comparison. You well, know, you I have a director that's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's, just yeah, yeah. awesome. He's and then like man. everybody talks about Joss Whedon, but when I saw Avengers one and uh, Age of Ultron, I mean they were fun, but like I've never gone to revisit those kinds of films. Age but, of Ultron, I think, suffered from producer input. Yeah, more he had so a than problem anything. with them because because when Whedon writes a team movie, which we're dividing up time for each particular particular character, he can do it. I mean, his Buffy series proved that he can write a team story. But whenever he settled down with producers throwing their input in and throwing their money in, that's when he kind of got ramied with uh, with, the, with Age of Ultron. Yeah, Disney really has a stronghold on on what their characters do. Like directors like uh, uh, Edgar Wright yeah. was supposed to do Ant Man, and he had a different take completely. And, they and they're like, "You're up. fucking gone." <laughs> yeah, you're not <clears throat> you're not working with the... Edgar. Fucking right, he's yeah. a great fucking director, and mm-hmm. he's really good at chipping in funny things into his screenplays, you know? Yeah, he just didn't fit into the layer cake that they were trying to create. I get it. And I get what you mean with uh, Avengers. Uh, when I saw Avengers first time, I saw it four fucking times in theaters. <laughs> I'm an idiot. But uh, You mean the wife saw it twice? I went and saw it the first time. I was like, fuck yeah, that was fucking great. I didn't think they could do it. Second time, yeah, that was good. Third time, uh And then fourth time, I started noticing the holes, and now I don't even like the movie. Like, it doesn't have a high rewatchability as like Winter Soldier for yeah. me. Winter Soldier, I love spy movies, so Winter Winter Soldier fucking mm-hmm. I think is the best Marvel movie, but then DC, The Dark Knight is probably the best ser- superhero movie ever. Yeah, it's fucking I mean great. before Dark Knight I would lean towards uh Sin City <clears throat> being one of the better uh comic book films. I, I enjoy Sin City. I really enjoy watching the first Sin City. And yeah, I think that comes from Frank Miller's direct input with Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. It's like they catered to what was on the page. And I, I guess that's the fine line you work with uh, work with anything with uh, the comic book nature. It's like Walking Dead, you can do a good show, but you can also have a great comic book. And you have to walk mm-hmm. that fine line to go, okay, we're not going to cater completely to the comic book. We're going to make a great show. And I think that's what they failed here on Batman vs. Superman. It's like they had great literature to pull from. They did. But they forgot, hey, let's try to make a good fucking movie above all, you know? they. I think they kind of overcomplicated the the script to yeah. make it to try to appease you know what the avengers had built up to try to reverse it and it just didn't work no they did it the first avengers was good i mean it fucking no i'm talking was, about oh oh talking about batman versus superman they try to oh, fill yeah, in yeah. that try to compress all that into one thing instead of simplifying it to make it lead off well the biggest out. i think the biggest problem that this movie suffers from is they are trying to play catch up to marvel yeah and instead of doing each person's movie yeah like they're just like here let's film. just fucking you know cram everything in there i one thing about batman vs superman that fucking despised was the little file clips how long (laughs) did aquaman sit there and look at the camera and pose before he attacked the camera no stupid it was stupid Uh, the flash one was okay because it was like uh, you mean cisco it was like finally becoming becoming the flash his name's not barry allen his name's jeff garcia no his name is juan (laughs) allen juan allen um 
Me and the wife are glad they picked that guy. He's a really good actor. He's done some good horror films that we've been really uh, happy with. Who? The guy got cast as the Flash. Ezra Ezra Miller. Mm-hmm. Oh, he came out in the Perks of Being a Wallflower. He also did another film with. Uh, God, it's another. He did a really good film where he played like this uh, crazy son that goes haywire and like goes uh, hundred uh, the Hunger Games on like a school and it was fucking intense. No. As like a parent, it was like really fucking creepy to watch. Like, what do you do if your son's pretty much a psychopath? No. And, I'm like, already halfway there. Gwen's <laughs> turning five. So. <laughs> and there you go. Yeah. And as far as like Jason Momoa fucking getting casted as Aquaman, he looks badass. He does. I could give a fuck about Jason Momoa. I really don't like him at all. I don't like any of his movies. Yeah, I mean, but he, was, he looks good. He was good in like Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. But what's got me really interested about Aquaman is that James Wan's doing it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's the movie? Yeah. yeah, the movie. He's yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay, cool. So it's like, yeah, is he going to fight the Kraken? It's going to be a special effects extravaganza, I hope, because what the fast, what he did for Fast 7 and shit like that shows that he has the chops for heavy special God, effects. God, I hope, I hope they don't follow the animated storyline. Super action. You remember that it, uh, Throne of Atlantis where yeah. it was all on land? Well, I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> this one follows the reboot 52 just because be cool. the, the way, like, way they kind of built him up. You, get, you have a soft kind of. Backstory, but you're also jumping right into fights and wars. Gotcha. So I'm hoping that's where they kind of go with uh, that movie. Okay, Zack Snyder, is he doing... Tell me he's not doing Suicide Squad. No, he's... No, no, uh, no, no. Okay. David Ayers or something if like that. If yeah. Suicide Squad's good... Which is, apparently it isn't since they're reshooting things. I know. They're adding yeah. jokes. That's fucking bummer news. Well, we don't know what they're reshooting. <sighs> they're supposed to be making it funner, so they could be Deadpooling it, where it's quirky. Or... Because they may have shot it too dark, too. Yeah. But then again, they could have been like, oh, Batman versus Superman. We're going to follow that same thing. And now with the reaction, they're like, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. It's too dark. It's <laughs> too dark. It's too dark. It's three shoots. It's we're going to Deadpool. It's not dark. It's stupid. <laughs> like, we're going to Deadpool. Wait, Harley, you well, are now Deadpool. I don't know how there's like a rated R version of Batman vs. Superman. It's like, it's Batman vs. Superman. You're saying they're, prob- like, they're probably going to add like more beatdown, like the Batman, Batman fight scene. Shots. Yeah. Or, or like blood, blood splatter. Like, I like, CG blood. Hey, I like that Batman killed oh. I like that he was fucking cranky, bitter fucking. I like the Arkham City. I'm done uh, beating you people up. I'm going to start fucking killing you. And if I don't kill you, I'm going to brand you and you'll get killed in fucking jail. Like I like, I really enjoyed the Batman parts of this movie. I guess I, I enjoyed the Bruce Wayne parts even more. Like, well, it's like, I liked it. Christian Bell had a relationship with Michael Caine, his Alfred. Jeremy oh, Irons, Jeremy Irons is a great fucking actor. I mean, world-class fucking actor. Him and Affleck had zero fucking chemistry. Zero. It was like Alfred it was, wasn't fun in this. It movie. was like a fucking stay-at-home mechanic. Honestly, I thought it was Robert De- Robert Downey Jr. in makeup when well, I first saw him. <laughs> and there you go. It well, he stays like at him. home and fixes all of, you know all of Ben's stuff. But with Ben being uh, with you know forty four year old Bruce Wayne, you think you would have like a more mature fucking relationship with your you know father Guy figure? Who raised yeah. You? Yeah. I think the way they've been doing Alfred in in Gotham TV show has been great because he's. And they, I mean, they gave him a wealth of fucking potential as Alfred in Gotham. And I've actually been really digging the show on TV. I catch an episode every now and then, but I'm pretty caught up. I think I'm like maybe three episodes to current. And I really enjoy Gotham. Like really? It, it's become oh, like God, a, it's become a, like a, the cop show. Because I quit watching Castle because I just couldn't take it anymore. And I didn't really have like a good cop show to watch besides like Brooklyn Nine Nine, mm. so I slowly started getting into Gotham, and I think I binge watched uh, the first two seasons on Netflix, huh, and then now now I'm like 
the current with Gossam. Uh, the second episode with Jada Pinkett Smith, I just I could not fucking take it anymore. I watched all that first season. It was really rough. But as you get into the second and third, it they're in three seasons already. Yeah, the Holy third shit. season right now. I mean, it's a it's a good cop show. That's the only way I can explain it. It's like, I don't really see the Gotham shit anymore. Yeah, a lot like, of people okay. talk okay. highly about the Flash show. I yeah. got it on my queue, and I'm gonna actually give it a whirl. I think the Flash has a lot of heart, and it's just mm. it's fun. Uh, they lost me in these last two episodes. I just haven't watched them because I didn't really care to see a female speedster or the Supergirl crossover. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I, I kind of just it. like I just got them there on the DVR. I haven't got caught up either. Yeah, so I'm like waiting until like I get really desperate for entertainment. But I, I remember I turned you on to it because you were like, I don't want to watch. It. I hate CW. I don't. Yeah, I hate CW. I don't want. <laughs> there's, like, there's just no potential. And I kept saying you need to watch the Flash. You really need to watch the Flash. I get a text one night. You goddamn glorious bastard. So what? What happened? I'm on episode four of the Flash. <laughs> Yeah, I've been to the shit out of that. Um, okay, so final defense for this movie. No like defense. that I heard. But oh. you didn't like the movie, huh? Well, this movie's just too smart for you, uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Hey, if intern Ralph didn't like the movie, could we've already talked about it. Wait, is, is that why he's not here? Because he probably hung himself? No, he's got a date, terrible? bro. He's eating fish. He's, he, I bet he is. <laughs> I bet he that is. That means two things. <laughs> Read into it however you want. <laughs> Talk about Aquaman. Hey, deep in the horror of Texas, hooking whores up since 1997. It's the invention of the $2 bill. <laughs> so, um, Globe, globe, globe. I guess final thoughts for me on, on Batman v Superman would be uh, they're rushing it. If they, like you were saying, Alfred and Bruce not having good chemistry, I think if we would have got a solo Batman film and kind of just focused on them two doing their thing like Michael Caine and Christian Bell did, maybe they'd get better chemistry. Jeremy Irons was a fucking letdown this movie. He is a wonderful huge, actor. Yeah, he was letdown. Uh, he was. But he did nothing. I mean, he was grounding a 44-year-old Bruce Wayne. Can I have the bat suit, Alfred? Absolutely not, sir. You can go as Bruce Wayne. Like, what the fuck? You're my butler. <laughs> I suggest I drop you off on the second floor. Yeah, oh, no. It, he... Um, Alfred was more militant than I expected. Like he's a mechanic, he's a military guy. He flies the Bat Wing when Bruce needs to, you know, when Batman. He's supposed to be former British service. Yeah, but they didn't feed that to you at all. You like, didn't get that. The difference between McCain is he had fun humor. He was serious at times, and when he cried, damn near I cried. Like Michael Caine could pull it out, like yeah. no problem. Fucking. He, he, he wasn't did looking it really at, well. Yeah, he wasn't a servant. He was like his son. So far, yeah, exactly. And he was still he like treated he was, him. Yeah, as he was. Such. Michael, and this guy Michael was Kane just had, like the the mechanic. You know what I mean? Well, Michael Caine had a book of inspirational quotes that he always kept around on him for Bruce. He marked him pages too when Bruce is depressed, lost a girl, has a son, failed school. Mm-hmm. He just reads those quotes off. Bruce yeah, is, Bruce is not sad anymore, but he's not happy either. He's in, back to being mellow. So what would I say? I would say, see it. I would say see it, but at the same time, no, it's not this epic fucking movie. I mean, it is Batman versus Superman. This is a schoolyard clash that people used to get into. I used to argue all the time. Oh, Batman would beat the shit out of Superman. I mean, fuck, this is like sixth grade shit. Yeah. Finally getting resolved. It so was written like that, too. It was written by... Oh, it's not smart enough. You're, you guys aren't smart enough. Bullshit. I've got an IQ movie. of 138. It's been tested. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is too smart for you, huh? Uh, my final thought is, uh, yeah, go see it. it. It always makes me laugh when it's around this time of the season when we start getting these kinds of films out because it's kind of like uh, like the science fair. I don't know what you're building, 
and hopefully it's really cool and ho I think mine's gonna be really cool but then it turns out you got the 3D diorama on the fully working volcano and I got baking powder in a fucking glass jar you know it's like <laughs> wow you know uh, after seeing Force Awakens and all these other potential films come out that really have uh, heart and gusto and and it's like people when you love something a project you really go into it I think Snyder has a great love for ca uh, capturing very very remarkable beautiful visuals it's just uh, the story was just lacking for my taste. And uh, maybe you go out and watch it and you love the shit out of it. I hope you do. That's awesome because it's a beautiful film. It is really a beautiful fucking film. It just didn't have the, uh, the magic, I guess, in the true storytelling for me. Uh, no, you got to do it in your voice. Well, I, uh, I really <laughs> like to go back and see it. Well, see, uh, I, th this movie, it was, uh, it was nice to look at. Uh-huh. It was too and, smart. Uh, it was too smart for and, me. And uh, whenever the final battle scene happened with the final boss, uh, -huh, uh I really imagined the Dragon Ball Z theme playing in, you know, Rock the Dragon. Uh huh. And then uh uh I was pretty hammered when I saw it. Uh huh. Uh damn two for pictures shiners. Uh huh. What's this shit about not wearing the purity rings? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh this movie it had a this movie to me is like a spoof. This is I I after a while, this was like a spoof of Batman vs. Superman. This is the movie. When the training montage happened, I can't be the only one that had Eye of the Tiger playing in their head when Affleck was training. It, you were not alone. <laughs> I, uh, it looked visually good. And I wanted this, I really wanted to like this movie. I really wanted this movie to be good because if you have the top two most com, you know, recognizable comic book characters in a company do well in film, then they're going to bring out the lesser-known characters, and they're going to have their own film. And I'm afraid I don't know if that's going to happen anymore now. So my chances of a Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie, probably not going to happen. Oh, doubtful. Very doubtful, Very doubtful now. They're even doubting like if Justice League will get made now. Uh, the Green Lantern Corpse movie that they were talking about a few months ago, doubtful. Shazam movie, oh. doubtful. Yeah. So, and those are heroes I like. Yeah, the Superman and Batman, the whole Trinity are great, but I liked a lot of the other characters who have problems who, you know, you can kind of enjoy their stories without knowing that, yeah, they're going to win because they're the main guys. They're like, they're the ones whose name is on the title of the cover. So I think Suicide Squad will be the nail in the coffin. If it does well, those probably will get made. If it does poorly, I think it's... Uh... Lights out. Yeah, it's 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 the it's the lottery ticket for them right now. But uh for me, red I would just say red box it. If you're really dotted into it, that's great. I'm glad you enjoyed it. You know, I'm glad you had your fun. But at the same time, if someone doesn't like it, that's fine because there's other movies coming out. And with this summer pissing contest that's starting up right now, uh this one had a bubbly stream that went nowhere. So, true. Uh, my thought is, I go see it hammered. <laughs> well, uh, final final discussion, real quick. We completely avoided Jesse Eisenberg. I think for good reason. You mean the Riddler? The Riddler, the Joker, the the Mad Hatter. Who is he? I I, I thought he had some fun dialogue. I did. I am. He loves Jolly Ranchers. For the first five minutes, I could tolerate him. The whole rest of the movie, I was fucking annoyed, except the rooftop scene where he's just sitting there. Oh, I'm in trouble. Like, I thought that was kind of funny, but uh, God, he was fucking terrible. I called he was going to be terrible. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg at all. I thought he was okay in Zombieland, but uh, 
then again, Woody Harrelson kind of made the movie more American Ultra. Me. I mean, he was good. I've I mean, seen American Ultra, and yet. he was great in Social Network. I mean, he's a, he's good in Social Network. He's a good actor. I just I mean, I, waiting? Didn't, I didn't mind him in this. Was I mean, he in Waiting? No, he wasn't. Oh, I always get no, no, like no, that's some other goofy looking white guy. It was a weird take on Luther. Oh. Well, it's Lex Luthor's son. Alexander. Yeah. Sorry. yeah um, I didn't. Uh, okay, I'm done. That was a fun about. take. I just figured we'd bring him up, but uh, no, nobody else it, does. It fucking let down. Let down. Let's see critics defend that shit. <laughs> they probably will. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> All I'd say is I am looking forward highly to uh, Captain America Civil, Civil War. War. Yeah, that's going to fucking... Bring some life back to the Whenever genre. they played that trailer in the theater before PBS, Huge reaction. people were clapping. They were cheering. Mm-hmm. They were doing that. When Batman, when the credits for BVS started, nobody gave a fuck. Yep. Silence. Silence. People walked out, coughing. Some Someone said, I'm going to the bar. That might have been me or Iffy. I don't know. It wasn't. Yeah. Dude, when I left the theater, you should have seen the fucking line. Okay. The XD that I went to had 549 seats. Imagine that many people waiting in line uh, when I walked out of the theater. And I just wanted to walk by and give the thumbs down to everybody. But my old lady's like, you do realize they will kill you. I was like, yeah. yeah. I could take on like two people, but 500 <laughs> probably not. Just change your voice. It, not... it worked for Batman. Just like, <coughs> I have AIDS. Don't touch me. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit. Do you believe? No. Um, so, yeah, I guess we can get on to our subject at hand if you guys want. Uh, yeah so by uh fucking uh listener request we're gonna jump into the cloverfield series yeah that was i was not expecting to get as as much reaction for cloverfield as i did because usually because when the first movie came out i was a big fan i part of a street team i did all these other things that helped it out and when it came out people were kind of still like uh eh, you know they're meh about it when 10 Cloverfield Lane came out, people were all up in arms like, oh, that it looks great. I love the first one. No, you fucking didn't. <laughs> Where the fuck were you? It did pretty well, man. I mean, it did. Uh, the original Cloverfield, I think, was yeah, it was made for 25 million. 25 million did 170. 40, did 40 opening weekend. Domestic gross was 80 total worldwide, 171. Yeah. Did good. I mean, I remember when Cloverfield got released, they did it a lot like 10 Cloverfield Lane. Like, they fucking, like, two weeks before the movie. No, 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 it. no. They, the preview before Transformers came out had that teaser where this, you, hear, you hear, like, an earthquake, people are running outside, you see the Statue of Liberty head come rolling on the street. I remember that, but that wasn't that much long before the release date. That was, like, less than that a month. That was in June or July. It was, was, it was it was a distance away when Transformers, look when Transformers came out. Let me see. The, the Michael Bay Transformers. Keep talking. I'll keep but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, when this one came out, uh, this one has so much marketing, so much like guerrilla style marketing that was yeah. out there. I mean, you the teaser made people wonder and, and try to figure out what it was. People didn't know what it was. There was no explanation of anything. And even the websites, if you're able to crack codes or crack uh, some of the other things that are out there, you were given either very little or not enough to you know, figure something out. Yeah. So it kept raising more and more questions. Uh, I remember there was, and then I just remember when it was, when it was coming out, people were speculating that, Oh, uh, this is a Cthulhu movie. This is about HP Lovecraft. This is the end of times. 
this is that. Then people were talking about this is the book of Revelation. This is what's happening. This is what's going on. I even heard this was a Ghostbusters 3 because of <laughs> because really? of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Uh, I, I kept hearing different things. I think the funniest one I heard was, I know that roar anywhere at the end of the tra- that teaser. That's Godzilla. Like, no. You had, no, it's not. I, I know Godzilla's roar all 15 different suits. That is not his. By any definition. Uh, and some people even said it was uh, it was Voltron for a while because of the, the they misquote in the trailer saying, uh, I saw it, it's a lion. But it's really, I saw it, it's alive. And, I mean, just the marketing for this thing was genius. And, uh, yeah, I was anticipated for this movie. Are you sure you saw this uh, before Transformers? Yep. Because that's 10 months earlier. I've never it heard of a trailer coming Transformers. in 10 months. It came out. If you watch Transformers 2... There's a poster of Cloverfield in the background. As a no, that, that's two years later. I'm saying, yeah, for but a it's preview. Because, yeah, this was a these, this was an uncredited teaser before Transformers. Weird, and that's what got people talking, and that's why Bay put the Cloverfield poster in Transformers Two, like along the wall. That's kind of a you know thank you for kind of spiking our movie a little bit with people coming to see this trailer. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh yeah this movie i mean even before the movie came out the, the marketing was just genius uh and i was a part of a street team i was i used to be part of this thing called streetwise where we would go we would get movie promotion like merchandise promotional items to hand out and pass out to different events go around the city posting posters up stuff like that and with this movie we were given posters that had each poster had a different title on the bottom of it some said monstrous some said gigantic, some said uh, Cloverfield, and some said uh, uh, it's coming, like on the title of it. I kept one of the posters. I wasn't supposed to, and we're supposed to keep like a document record of us coding the posters up and walking away from it. Yeah. But I kept one of them. I kept the monstrous one because I wanted it. <laughs> uh, and because we helped out, they even gave us the San Diego Comic-Con t-shirts, the gray slusho t-shirts. Cool. And uh, just... The marketing genius on this thing. Where did you come into this? I saw the teaser, and uh, the only reason I was really fascinated with it is because of uh, the bad robot logo at the beginning. I was a huge fan of Lost, so I was really curious to see what J.J. Abrams was up to. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I was anticipating it. I saw all the viral stuff that was going on on the computers and shit. Um, that was neat. I mean, I mean, uh, I, I like the way they, they, they uh, marketed it. It made it feel like an event. And I love the uh, the guerrilla tactics they went around to make the film. Mm-hmm. I think they did that with the uh, the sequel that they later did. But the the way they did it with this was it was, it was awesome. It was really uh, unique for this type of movie, mm. which nobody knew what the fuck it was. You yeah. know, so they got sat in the theater and got to see it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I like the way they introduced us to the Clo- Cloverfield lore and the slusho stuff and all that. But uh, Lost had been doing that for like years and seasons. They've been fucking feeding people pieces between seasons to like uh, hidden little things so like people can learn more information about Lost and stuff like that. And uh, seeing them do this and implicate it or, you know, put it to use with the film, it was it was neat. Yeah. So when you finally got to sit down and see the movie, um, what did you take away from it? I mean, like uh, you saw it. Opening day or mm-hmm. a couple weekends later? Uh, I got, because of the work with the street team, I got uh, I got early press pass to go see it. Sweet. And uh, so I got to see it a week before it came out. Cool. And 
I loved it. I thought it was great. Took the wife with me. We went to go see it. Yeah. This is probably one of the better shaky cam films. Mm-hmm. I like after Blair Witch, I kind of like just loathe those types of films, but this one worked out great. I mean, it was like it was uh, it was really fun having the uh, the main uh, camera operator become who he's become. You know that he's been in Deadpool, he's been in uh, Transformers. Yeah, he was great. He was comedic. He was uh, real, and it was like unique. I mean, it fit the story so fucking well. I think it's funny that he went from this movie to becoming Fred, a guy who's in a monster suit. Yeah, <laughs> which it, it fits perfectly. It, it really does. But uh, but as we're watching it, as I was watching it, I was, I was watching it again, and I was telling Jen, I said, yeah, that's T.J. Miller. He goes, who? I said, yeah, Fred, you know, Deadpool, the bartender. He sounds so different. Yeah, it's because he's fat. Because <laughs> he, was, he was a little bit chunky in this movie. Yeah. And he, and he had his fro, like this little mini fro that he had in this one. What was neat is um, it's kind of what we would later to go and appreciate was the uh, the people at JJ JJ Abrams produced this, but he had mm-hmm. um, the reason I think Cloverfield worked so well is that they had uh, writing was Drew Goddard uh, Goddard uh, who would later go off and do uh, he was a showrunner for Daredevil on Netflix mm-hmm. uh, he was a big part of Cabin in the Woods and uh, Matt Reeves was the director for this film and Matt Reeves is a good really good director he turned out to be uh really uh interesting but so did drew uh in all respects because he did uh cabin in the woods and stuff like that mm-hmm. so it's like jj abrams really has finger uh on the right types of talent that we would kind of later see in like maybe well i think what helps is that he got close to these people and he worked with them to make this movie instead of just saying hey here's money make it work he worked with them to you know he go pulled over the, things he pulled the joss whedon pretty yeah. much yeah but I mean, like, when you look at the writer and it's true, you know, wow, this guy put some thought into because the movie's really shit. I mean, it's like them run to here, run to there, run to here, run to there. But uh, what they were able to tackle in the suspense and the scenes that they were able to create in the film it was just epic. Uh, where he has to go get his girlfriend and like, okay, so he's just going after his girlfriend. But the obstacles they created in the film were just like, fuck, dude. It was fun mm-hmm. when they go up the uh, lane over skyscraper and stuff like that to cross <laughs> over to his girlfriend's building. That was awesome. And the idea is that you get glimpses of Clovey, but you never really fully get the, the just. You don't reveal. get the full shot. You never yeah. get a complete full shot. Yeah. You get pieces here and there. Yeah, you get the, man, you just get the idea of like the fear of mm-hmm. like having being, being in the city as is being attacked by a giant fucking monster. Yeah. And they, they captured it great. But I still go back to it going, man, I wish they would have went as a full-on film, not the shaky cam shit. Mm-hmm. But the shaky cam shit worked to the extent of, I like how, like, government's reviewing it. Yeah. And for the sole purpose, it's not to see just the involvement of these people in the attack, but it leads to, like, later as we see, mm-hmm. as we talk more towards the ending. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a layer, it's a very heavily heavily layered movie. Yeah. But they're able to encompass a, a really good romantic love story between a guy who's about to leave the country and a girl he's leaving behind and, you know, him trying to mm-hmm. make things right. Yep. And I love the way you, you get intercut between their relationship and then him trying to go save her or, or just to help her. Mm-hmm. Uh, the chick that we get involved with, uh, the girl that was at the party, she later comes out in like TV shows like True Blood and stuff. She's Which one? Uh... 
Lizzie Kaplan? Yeah. She's okay. great in this fucking film. I mean, she's just awesome. Uh, the whole subway scene where she's getting attacked by the little uh, bug mites and the stuff. Parasites. That was great. She was a Ramona Flowers before Ramona Flowers. Yeah, she was. She was great. I think she should have been better as Jessica Jones if they would have casted her. I um, can see that. I actually, yeah, I can actually see that. No, it would have been impressive. But I think I just don't like the other chick. She she walks. She has better posture than uh, the other chick they got for Jessica Jones. Yeah. Uh, I forget. I can't think of her name, her name right now. For yeah. Jessica Jones. <laughs> Uh, Kristen Ritter. Yeah, Kristen yeah, Ritter. Kristen Ritter. Ritter needs like a back brace or something. Well, she's she, I mean, she's she good, funny. but she's like, got a great ass. She does, but she, <laughs> but she walks. She walks like Igor without a hump. I like. I like. I like this other chick though in in Cloverfield because she when she came out in True Blood and like she was uh, having the romantic relationship with uh, Sissy Stackhouse's brother, and yeah, they would take like, the, they would take the True Blood and they would like wig out and shit. She was an awesome uh, character, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, she did really great work in this movie. I mean. To the extent of like, man, when she gets bitten, you see the extent of the bites. That was awesome because they kind of do that off-camera yeah. explosion, blood gore. That was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so the movie had a lot, of, a lot going for it as far as it being a not just your giant monster film. I think it was very smart for them to introduce those little mites because those little fucking bugs were like, man, dude, that was awesome. Those mites were a throwback to Godzilla 1985 okay. with, with the sea lice, yeah, on the the boat. That was uh, a throwback to, throwback to that. Sweet. And it worked great. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you need that extra push. You can't just be scared of the big foot coming down and stepping on you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, everything everything was utilized in this film. Special effects are actually some of the better ones, especially because it's dealing with a $20 million budget. I was like, shit, dude, the special effects for Chloe were yeah. great. Yeah. I mean, even when, like, they're blasting in his face and you see, like, full-on face of Clovey, the lighting effects within the city, everything was done really well for it being not micro budget, but obviously smaller budget mm-hmm. than what like Godzilla, uh, the uh, Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Matthew Broderick. Uh, version. Yeah. I mean, the money they had for that film, <clears throat> it, it hails in comparison to where to like special effects and story that was able to be captured in this Cloverfield film. Yeah. The special effects in that one. Uh, he, the he, little he, dinosaur yeah. in Madison, Madison Square Garden, all just, those little raptor-looking things. I just don't know who like decided, like, <clears throat> oh, Godzilla, Matthew Broderick version, let's just make it rain for the entire <laughs> two hours of this fucking film. I was, I was like, wow, is that like the only way they could pull off the special effect for the Godzilla? The only thing I remember from that it. film is when it's coming towards the land. Oh, yeah. And the guy's fishing. It's oh, the only I, fucking part I can remember. In the, in the teaser? Yeah, that's like, the only scene I can uh, remember from that movie. It's a lot like this movie for me, though. I don't remember a lot from this movie. I remember the Brooklyn Bridge part. I remember when they have to get that skyscraper to get in the chick's apartment. Yeah. And then I kind of remember the ending. I've watched this movie like five fucking times. Yet every time I'm about to put it on, I ask my wife, have, have I watched this? And I'm not like that with movies. I'm, I'm very keen on what I watch. And I'm, I could fucking quote you a hundred movies if I needed to. But this one, I always... It's forgettable for me. I don't know why. I'm I'm not a big kaiju fan to begin with. I'm not a big shaky cam fan. Oh, I hate found footage. Oh, I I don't like shaky cams. Yeah, but this one did did it well, it, like it you were saying. Shaky cam. Like you're saying, they did this one pretty well for being mm-hmm. yeah. found footage. Um, but like Blair Witch, God, that got me nauseated. Yeah. Try watching that now. It's a fucking horrible it's movie. Utter shit. <laughs> it's a That's fucking horrible movie. It is. But for it being part of its time, it's like fuck, dude. Yeah, You're... this at least had steady shots yeah. for. Well, at moments. the beginning of this movie, it was very shaky, and then when they started getting it, fo- you hear the guy going, "Okay, I've got it focused. I've got it set for autofocus." So then it became more of a shaky film. cam, but more of a film, but yeah. still shaky cam. 
But the whole time you're like, okay, when you're fucking fighting in the subway, are you gonna really give a shit about the camera in your hand, or are you just gonna bolt? And okay, run? are they? Or do they have a camera or a phone? It's, it's a, a camera. camera. It's a camera. It's an H- it's a okay. So it's like a, a shoulder. Camcord. No, shoulder. it's a camcorder. No, it's like a HDV, but uh, like the longer ones. Must yeah. be Sony because those have the, the, yeah. the mm-hmm. audio focus thing. <laughs> From Japan with love. Well, yeah, like, I remember the party scene. Like I just watched this movie two days ago, and everything you guys just talked about, I was like, I fucking don't even remember that. <laughs> well, I, I always tell people go back. If, like, if you ever have a problem with digital, I go go back to watch Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, I go awesome. that was filmed with like an eight eight hundred to thirteen hundred dollars Sony camera, mm-hmm. and it was just DV camera. Yeah, that's I go, awesome. that's what Danny, it's not the type of fucking shit you shoot with, it's who's shooting it. And the lenses. Yeah. That too, but it's like, who the fuck is framing you out, man? I mean, like, if you get <clears> Danny Boyle in the fucking, in your corner, he's going to make sure you're shooting a good fucking film. <clears throat> now, if you get fucking rinky dink fucking two guys out of college, you're going to get Blair Witch. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. It's gonna that movie's like, hard to watch, dude. I watched it like three weeks ago. Yeah. I it's it. fucking terrible. But, uh, I watched the sequel. <laughs> No, yeah, I, I, I did. I did watch I the Book of Shadows. Yeah, <laughs> if you remember the Book of Shadows, it's one side's the Blu-ray. I mean, one side's the DVD, on the other side's the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Why would you need a soundtrack? For I had that? No fucking idea. It's like the <laughs> because, shittiest. Dude, because back in the STP, because back in the day, like, you know, like this is whenever DVDs were first coming out. They had to make it really cool. Like you had to have it, so you got a free soundtrack with the movie. Yeah. Good night. <laughs> so yeah, this yeah. one. The only one that would work for is Maximum Overdrive. Like. <laughs> That's it. That's how they got sold. Who killed who? <clears throat> we made you. <laughs> but you do know in the Book of Shadows that uh, if you're a fan of Burn Notice, Jeffrey Donovan's in that. Yep. Um, what's weird is the guy that directed it. Uh, he directed all those weird HBO films about the uh, the goth kids that they they speculated that killed the kids in the woods. It was that whole fucking like real life documentary. I was just like, I remember that. Yeah, it was it was that. weird. It was just weird stuff that was in the commentary. And while I was watching the commentary with fucking Books of Shadows, it was like, wow, it was a slow day that day. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, what what you me. didn't see, because, you know, this is an audio uh, recording, is yeah. that Jeff pulled the trigger on a gun or is getting the chamber ready to shoot himself. <laughs> yeah, it was like a real slow night that night. That's how I feel. About I, I worked at Blockbuster when this movie came out and we had all the promotional stuff for it, like the, the documentaries and stuff. Yeah. They sat there, and even when it was on clearance, somebody bought that crap. Well, what, I, what I love about the, a lot of the old school DVDs is like the Artisan yeah. series. I love the Artisan line. Like I still own a lot of the old Artisan films, like the Limey and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. it's like I appreciated Artisan because they gave you a lot of the indie films that didn't regularly hit some of the our, yeah. our mainstream theaters. They did. Like you couldn't go to a Cinemark and AMC and see the Limey or Layer Cake and stuff like that. You had to have specialty DVDs eventually come out. Which is basically a lot of the anchor based stuff, uh, artisan. Uh, There's also like an Asia Extreme that came yeah. out later, and Asia they Extreme. did a lot of cool uh, releases, and um, and a lot of the cool films. Whether you're into action, horror, comedies, and stuff like that, the indie stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's not really available on Blu-ray. You really have to dig into some of the old school DVDs, which uh, if you're a good collector, you you know what the good ones are. Yeah, because we, me, I mean, me and Aaron, I, we talk about hitting the uh, warehouse stuff and. Trying to find those movie exchange. Yeah, try to find those little grills sitting movie there. Movie traders, the bootleg tables. Oh, I went to a comic book shop recently and I got a uh, an actual DVD copy of Martyrs, the original. Really? Yeah, I mean the fucking thing goes on Amazon right now for like sixty bucks brand new, yeah. thirty bucks used. Uh, they had it there listed for twenty, and I asked them, "Hey, would y'all take 10 Like, yeah, we'll take it for ten. I was like, "Boom, ten <sighs> bucks." I was like, Damn. "Cool." It has an hour length documentary about the film, so it's like it's neat to find these grills when yeah. you're when you're looking. You're on the hunt. 
Wait, which comic book store did you go to? Uh, Dimensions comic store here in Seabrook. Oh, yeah. Oh, that, that's yeah. too far of a drive then. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm always on the lookout for yeah. you. If I ever see anything you need uh. for any of you guys, I always, I, I always, I'll pull the trigger on it for you. Speaking of comic book movies that were released by unknown <laughs> studios. <laughs> yeah. We just got through done talking I, about it. I know. <laughs> uh, do you ever seen American Splendor? Yeah. With Paul Giamatti? Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Like... I love when I can find good fucking DVDs of that or like uh, an I, American movie. I still own American Splinter. American movie where oh, they yeah. fucking make that terrible <laughs> horror movie, Coven. Oh, yeah. It's Coven. No, yeah, that doesn't Coven. sound cool. It's Coven. <laughs> <laughs> but like you were saying with the uh, DVD feature, you know, these unknown gems, like yeah. those are two that I figured I'd throw well, out there. What was weird is I picked up the... <clears throat> I know we're going off topic here. We're going way off topic. Well, it's well, all right. We're going to okay. tie back into it. It's okay. Um, we, uh, I picked up uh, Devil's Rejects uh, 2 DVD Why? for 4 bucks. It was three ninety nine. <laughs> so I picked it up because I didn't know the second disc was actually a two-hour making of. Oh, no. It actually goes through all 31... Day- it's called 31 Days in Hell, and it's all 31 days of their shooting. So everything opens up with a shooting list. Mm-hmm. It goes from casting to the read at the table, and it goes mm-hmm. through every day of like the shooting list. They'll go, okay, this is the scenes we're shooting, and they would show behind the scenes documentary footage of them shooting the film. And I'm I'm really anticipating when we do the Rob Zombie stuff because it's like, wow, there was a wealth of stuff in these DVDs that I was just totally neglecting, and it was interesting. I mean, it, it didn't help, it didn't help the film, but it it gave me a I, I like the behind the scene appreciations. And I think with the clover, did, did it help you try to understand it more? Yeah. Okay. Well, at least the making process. Well, because I know you, a lot of times you'll point out that whenever I watch a movie, I'll try to read the book. I'll yeah, try yeah. To get all the behind the scenes stuff to try well, to find a way reason why people like it more than what they should. What was neat is like there were certain scenes where you see Kane Hodder was doing all the special effects. He was running mm-hmm. the special effects crew, so you see Kane Hodder prepping his the actors like Lou Temple. He was getting him for the gunshot. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. fight scene when they do in the desert with uh, Sid Haig and all them is like wow they're you see Kane Hodder out there doing the choreography with him. And it was awesome. I was yeah. like, cool. And it was just, like I said, like the behind the scenes stuff, which if you buy the Cloverfield uh, Blu-ray, it had a wealth of cool. Uh, it had a lot of the 3D animation stuff. The um, regular DVD has that too. Oh man, the DVD. Okay. Well, uh, I, whenever the Cloverfield was released on Blu-ray or a DVD and Blu-ray, whenever it first came out, uh, the area I was at school, I was going to school at Art Institute in Yorktown, mm-hmm. and the surrounding areas, everybody was sold out of it on DVD. Oh, okay, gotcha. It was all so I kept looking for it, and I spent a week looking for it. Finally, I go to Sound Warehouse where where the new Bedrock is at. Mm-hmm. They took over lo- their location. I walk in with some friends because they're going to go buy a vinyl or something, and I ask the guy, I say, "Hey, do you have any Cloverfield?" No, man, we're all out. I'm like, God damn, I'm, I've been looking for this thing for over a week now. He goes, "Really?" And my one of my friends is like, yeah, he's he he's really big into the movie. And he goes, oh, well, uh, I happen to have one copy left, but it's not your typical copy. I'm like, okay, how much is it? Give me thirty dollars. I'm like, no. He what? goes, he's is like, steel book. He's like, he's like, okay, okay. How about like, is is twenty five okay? I'm like, yeah, sure, twenty five is fine. Steelbook edition. Nice. That's my first ever steelbook was Cloverfield steelbook edition. Cool. And uh, twenty five bucks paid the cash right there. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, we, we're, we're holding this for somebody. You haven't shown up to pick it up. Fuck. It's yours. I'm yeah. like, thank you. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And I was about to leave. I mean, I had to wait for my friends. Yeah. But uh, I picked up the Blu-ray for like five bucks at a fucking pawn shop. Mm-hmm. And I was like, cool. And uh, I showed it to my son and it's kind of boring to him. Like mm-hmm. it was like, because it's, it's not action packed. I mean, he feels the same way about the new Godzilla. He likes the old Godzilla stuff yeah. because it's 
it's straight it's, up action. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the story just kind of dulls the moment. And you see the monster a lot more. Well, yeah, exactly. The typical Godzilla movie back in the day was like destruction, Godzilla arrives, Godzilla gets beat, destruction, Godzilla fights again, Godzilla yep. wins. Goes yep. While he goes into the sea. Yeah. That's yeah. it. That is why I don't watch Godzilla movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're missing out. No, I'm not. I've seen them. I just don't watch them. <laughs> um, the biggest takeaway from this uh, film was definitely the uh, the ending. I love that mm-hmm. T.J. Miller scene at the end. Oh, with HUD. Yeah, because that was just beautiful. It was just like, wow. He was like, get up. <laughs> get up. He's right there. He looks up and you see that fucking full on scene where like Clovey gets him and Tears him apart, and then uh, isn't it like an under leg view? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Clovey doesn't have nuts. You see breath sack. Oh, fuck. What the well, fuck is it? it? It's a it's a baby. That's it. That's have, a baby. Yeah, that's a baby. Fuck that. <laughs> the yeah. huge thing? Aren't they under like some huge big old monster at the end? Yeah, it's, yeah. I it's, seem it's, to remember. It's the monster. Okay, yeah. That's a like, baby. Like that's weird. a baby. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah, uh, Matt Reeves I'm moving to Canada. Like Matt Reeves said that yeah, uh, that the, the monster is a newly hatched baby. Holy fuck! No, yeah. thank you. Because there's some beautiful shots like when they nuke it and you see it like jump up out of the fire and hit the helicopter, hit the helicopter and that helicopter, goes yeah. down. But uh, yeah, the whole scene on the bridge was kind of like yeah, it's a nice way to send off because they eventually nuke the fucking city. Mm-hmm. But uh, I love that that ending video clip. It's just them on the Ferris wheel, and she's like. Today was a good day. He's like, yeah, it was. And then slowly in the background, you see the... Uh, the satellite drop. Yeah. You see, like, the landing of Clovey, pretty much. Now, I remember, Aaron, you could probably shed light on this. Uh, mm-hmm. The ending, there's supposed to be, like, a multiple ending, like, during the credits, oh, something about a like, ship. It's still alive. Yeah, uh, pretty much the audio clip during the ending, like, during the credits, uh, if you play it backwards, they, the, you hear voices that says, we're still alive. Oh. Is it the people still alive? Or I, thought, people. I thought they said that Clovey's still alive. No, it says we're still alive. Oh. Like under the bridge? They don't they don't say. No. Because in one of the alternate endings, you see people like digging through the rocks. Oh, okay. Like picking, you know, grabbing the camera. And then another alternate ending, you see them pretty much uh the ending is like where they ended up at the end of the movie, like yeah. under that bridge. Yeah. That's where they're going down like in it's the It's like end a of bridge film. in Central Park. Yeah, because it's yeah. in Central Park. So they're kind of Ending their story as well as starting the story at the at underneath the bridge in Central Park. Gotcha. So uh, that's how that one goes. And see, my takeaway was always that like the bomb was ineffective, like Clovey was still alive. That's what that was my takeaway. From and it. and people assume, and you assume that because well, th- I definitely that's... assumed it because they started plugging that Cloverfield Two was going to go into production yeah. and we were going to get more of the. Uh... Mm-hmm. I kept on hoping for like a straight on film, not well, shaky cam shit. The, when, well, Abrams didn't really help it either when he said, oh, yeah, we're going to do a Cloverfield 2. And it's going to be documentary style, kind of yeah. like you March the Penguins, but yeah. with this creature or creatures. Yeah. We're going to do documentary style. And then that didn't happen. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, we're going to do uh, pretty much she's going to fight another movie or another monster. And that didn't happen. So he kept saying all these things are going to happen for a sequel. But we got Godzilla. And they got Pacific Rim. And now he's kind of like, you know, the the, the market's kind of flooded with giant monsters right now. I don't want to do anything. Yeah, because he's sat on it for years, man. Well, you had Pacific yeah. Rim coming out, a Godzilla coming out. And then you, you got Shingo All these things that were greenlit. And so, yeah, it he he was the first to it, though. Yeah. I mean, no, but Cloverfield is way fucking before Pacific Rim. 2007. And Pacific Rim was but then he got, 8 or 9. But then he got attached to Star Trek. Yeah. Really? He got attached to Star Trek 2. He got attached to Star Wars. Yeah, but J.J. Abrams was just producing. I mean, he could he could have let the he could have let the project into other hands. 
But he wanted to make it good, make sure it was good. Then you get carpentered. You don't get any money for it yeah. when you sell it off. It's his production company. Yeah. That's the way I saw it. Yeah. It was like, fuck, dude, it's a bad but robot. I, I wish you would go back to the idea of it being like a documentary where they're filming the creatures and you're, you're studying the creature and how it's you know its environment. Due to the success of 10 Cloverfield Lane, they've said there's possible sequels mm-hmm. uh, that will tie in the two or standalone uh, separate sequels for both. Yeah. So uh, they are greenlit. They just got to come up with the ideas. And like you said, that's not actually being rolled out. I've read yeah. about that storyline. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought Clovey was a cool monster. I, I mean, uh, when I want to have fun, I'll watch Evolution instead. But Cloverfield was a, a good uh, indie kaiju kind of film. I I, I I thought the design was interesting just because it was different. It wasn't yeah. a big, bulky, you know, heavy-thighed monster that just walked on its two legs with the tail. It was crawling. It was, you know, very kind of ape-like with the way it moved through the city. It was alien. That's why I appreciate it. Very much it. alien. Yeah. Um, but, hey, somebody thought shaky cam with a kaiju film. That was the first of its kind, and I think they knocked it out of the park. They don't mm-hmm. run. I mean, it's a solid film. Well, let's, you? let's nail some final thoughts. Um, it's a good film in my book. I, I, I own it. It's something I do revisit, not regularly, but, you know, it's, a, it's not something I, I would call trash. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I would. This isn't my style of movie. This ain't my liking movies. I don't like mm-hmm. monster movies. I, I like monster movies, but I don't like big old fucking ten story monster movies for some reason. You like it, like average height. I've never been a Godzilla fan. I've never been a King Kong fan. Mm-hmm. I don't really give a shit about big monsters because the science behind it, their heart would have to be like fifty fucking feet tall. So mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't it doesn't work for me. Um. But the movie itself is good. For found footage, I fucking despise it, but this one's tolerable. Problem with this movie is it's forgettable for me. Like like I said, I've watched this movie probably five times, and every time I'm like, have I watched this movie? Yeah. I keep mm-hmm. forgetting it. I don't know what the fuck it is. To me, if you want to see a good alien coming to the world, some destruction movie, I would choose Super 8. Over this, I I enjoy that a lot more than I I do this one. God, I forgot JJ Abrams did that. Yeah, yeah. I mean JJ JJ kills it. Yeah. But um, Super Eight's more my style. This is a good movie, but it's not my taste of movie. Super yeah. Eight was also very Spielberg. Yeah. Oh yeah, produced. I mean it was kid kid adventures. It was Goonies meets fucking e. Cloverfield. <laughs> so, Goonies meets ET. Yeah, well, ET was huge, but phone home. Yeah, that's where I go with it. Uh yeah, if you if you haven't already guessed, I'm gonna say I love this movie. It's I just I really enjoyed it. I have fun watching it. And every time I, I watch it, I uh I do learn something else. So uh I just I really like it. Gotcha, so, man. It, it's a good thing for me. Um Um So buy uh rent or avoid. Buy you. multiple copies. <laughs> <laughs> um I say check it out. If you haven't seen it, it's so old. Why not? I mean, it's a it's a good way to see a movie that hey, it was good. Uh, for me, if you uh, don't mind shaky cam and you don't mind not seeing the fucking monster, yeah, I'd that, say buy it. That's if, gonna kill like fifty percent of your audience. If so that's far. gonna ruin it for you, fucking, I'd say rent it. Either way, mm-hmm. check it out. It's it's worth it. Yeah. Although I don't remember it. <laughs> now I I forget what film carried the teaser for Ten Cloverfield Lane. I mean, it was just that kinda, was a Super Bowl ad. It was a Super Bowl. Super Bowl I, 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 yeah. I swore it played. It played before something, and everybody was like, "What the fuck?" The trailer was attached to Thirteen Hours, 
Super Soldiers of Benghazi. I don't know what the fuck that is. Oh, yeah, yeah that was a new Michael says. Bay film. That was the Michael Bay film uh, about the Benghazi war. All right, so everybody goes to go see this film, and they see a fucking teaser, and everybody immediately just starts blowing up on Twitter, like, what the fuck is this? They did it a lot, like, and that's kind of where I was saying with, with the first Cloverfield, they didn't name it. Yeah. It was just the images. And people were like, what, 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 what? Oh, what, for oh. that one. Yeah, for 10 Cloverfield Lane. Because Super Bowl, they named it 10 Cloverfield Lane, because then you look on Twitter, it's like, but Cloverfield 2, Cloverfield 2. But for that Michael Bay film, just like Transformers, mm-hmm. it showed the teaser there first, and then it just blew up on Twitter. Okay, okay. Because yeah. like, everybody from Midnight Shows were like, what the fuck? There's going to be a Cloverfield. And we talked about it on, on, uh, on our Facebook, because it was kind of like, is this real? Is this real? Are people just the you know, feeding the shit? Mm-hmm. And then uh, somebody leaked that they had you know cammed the fucking trailer in the theater, and uh, lo and behold, you had you had the title in Cloverfield mm-hmm. Lane. So everybody was speculating: Is it going to be tied to Cloverfield One? Is it going to be a standalone? What is it? Yeah, and the rumblings was this was a direct sequel, but yeah, yeah, that's not not because the case. They have the name not the case. It's same bloodline. I, I just watched an interview with the director trying to yeah. find some research on this. And he was like, it's not a sequel, but it's the same universe. It's mm-hmm. a different timeline. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever that means. Yeah. Well, 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 I could get some intense and speculated theories at the end of the, whenever we review Tim Cloverfield Lane. Gotcha. Are we doing that one, now? <laughs> well, but no, like, no but, but, but with this movie, here's some trivia. If you're a lost fan, the Dharma logo does show up at the very beginning. Uh, it's in the, military uh, video footage uh for like the opening scene whenever people are screaming in the streets and people are shouting i saw it i saw it a lot of that voice work was done by director matt reeves he went back in the studio and kind of voiced over uh some you know background noise which had you know was was pretty cool uh and then also if you're really liking this movie there is a manga that did that was released uh in japan only strictly japanese it's called a uh, Kishin, and uh, what it does is it kind of if you follow the guerrilla marketing, you then you know about the that that one station off the coast of Japan that got attacked by a monster uh, that was tied to Cloverfield. Um, they released a manga, four part manga series that followed the events of that station attack, where pretty much they kind of gammered it up where the Cloverfield monster had an emotional connection to a little girl, I mean to a boy. And uh, this cult of people were uh, going after them to pretty much control the monster, control the world. And the comic ends with that Cloverfield monster dying. And then when it's revealed that there are more of these monsters on the bottom of the ocean, when you see all these eggs just all over the place. Gotcha. And again, the life cycle for this monster, when, when it was revealed, was only like two weeks old. Gotcha. So with that, this giant monster was only two weeks old. Hmm. But uh, if you could find the copy of that manga... Try to get it if you can. It's kind of rare, but at the same time, it's all in Japanese. There's no subtitles. There's no translation. Uh, you're gonna have to do some uh, some learning. Uh-huh. But uh, it was fun. That's cool. Artwork sucked ass, but story was very camera. Yeah, for anything that this film did for me, it was just really introduced two great filmmakers, which is Matt Reeves and Drew, Andrew Goddard. Because mm-hmm. I mean, those guys went off to do really great things, like Let Me In, and of course, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah which are, like, truly fucking remarkable in the horror genre. Especially Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Love that movie. We're going to go right into Tim Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> I thought we were. <laughs> okay, I, I, was go, I was going into it, and then we went into that thing. So I was like, okay. All right, so let's talk about Tim Cloverfield Lane. So originally, this was supposed to be called The Bunker. Yeah. Or this was really yeah. The Bunker. 
and then it was uh, kind of modified, and some things were reshot, and uh, we have another Cloverfield Universe movie. I'm going to expose my hand early. I fucking love this movie, dude. I'm a huge John Goodman fan. Uh, mm-hmm. Watching him in a previous movie to this, uh, Red State. Ah, uh, don't I fucking sucked. what are you talking about? That movie was fucking Red great. Red State sucked. Um, you're not smart enough for this movie. I don't care, <laughs> dude. Red State was awesome, but uh, love him, his character. He was movie. good in it, and well, I you know I follow a lot of the Westboro fucking morons. Uh, are you Jehovah's Witness? No, 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 no. I just watch okay. I watch their stupidity run rampant. So that movie speaks to me in volumes because I hate religion. But um, anyways, watching John Goodman in that movie uh, and how good he was and then watching him in this movie, just fuck, I, he's so good at, as an actor, man. I even like him as Fred Flintstone, for fuck's sakes. Give me a break. Yeah, but ever do. He's fucking awesome. But I went and saw this in theaters while I was on vacation not too long ago in San Diego. And fuck, it was packed, dude, for a 1030 showing. Um, hmm. That opening... Title part fucking scared the shit out of me when they got in the wreck, dude. Oh, yeah, when the car came out. Oh, my yeah. God, that theater was so loud. My fucking sound system damn near blew my ears out. <laughs> um, but uh, I love the chick in this movie, uh, Mary. Oh, what was her name? Mary, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead. She's fucking Ew. terrific in everything I've seen her and I've liked her. So uh, she is awesome and hot. And uh, I don't know. I've never seen the other guy before. Yeah, John Gallagher. Um, He comes out in Newsroom on HBO, which he does a great job on. And uh, I don't know. Like, I really haven't seen him in much I've I've really seen him in anything. So this was my first introduction to him. Yeah. Uh, I was stoked to see. When I saw the preview for this, I was fucking super stoked. Mm -hmm. Then, like, waiting to get in and waiting for the movie to start, like, my feet were rumbling. Like, I really (laughs) had interest in this. Because this is a Cloverfield movie that I would enjoy. If the first Cloverfield was shot like this third person, I probably would have liked it a hell of a lot more. But uh, I I just hate that shaky film footage shit. So I was excited not knowing if this was a direct sequel. Like, all right, I'm finally going to see the fucking monster. The way it should be shown theatrically. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That didn't happen. <laughs> but <laughs> the movie itself just kept me on the edge of the seat. When was, did you see this? Did you take your kid to see it? Yeah, I saw it the the shit. That, I think it was like the Thursday before the opening day. I think I went and saw the first show and just took my son to see it. We did his homework and then we hauled ass to Cinemark when we sat down and watched it. I was hoping I was going to take him to see a good uh, giant monster movie. I thought it was going to be in vain of the original Cloverfield. Hoping. Uh, it turned out to be really good. I mean, I, I wasn't really for my kid. He was kind of bored. And I was just like, no, you know, we'll just put up with the bullshit and see what it goes. And I liked it. I mean, it was a really good thriller. Um, Dan Trachtenberg did a great job at directing. First uh, film. Uh, mm-hmm. He did a great YouTube uh, uh, fan film for Portal. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. was a fucking, I mean, he is it. It was like one of those fan films that really laid in infamy for years, kind of like the way the the fan film for Pixels was like just amazing. It was just like, wow, some guy, some fan loved, you know, this so much that they went out and made something that was so unique and beautiful without, you know, Hollywood's thumb up their ass. Uh, so I was really glad to see that J.J. Abrams, again, produced, uh, uh, you know, uh, a new, fresh uh, director. 
Mm-hmm. The film was great. I mean, uh, from beginning to end, the story was really tight and everything worked well. The acting's terrific. Um, I was really happy when I was sitting there. Um, I don't know. I mean, like John Goodman knocked it out of the park. I mean, he did a great job in this film. Uh, I missed him. Uh, I always think about him uh, in the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington. And uh, I just love the fun that he can have in these kind of uh, darker characters. And it was good to see him play. Mm-hmm. Aaron? I, know, Aaron. I saw it a week after it came out. Uh, we were able to get a sitter. And uh, we saw it at the Studio Movie Grill, which is great because they had good pizza. And uh, just this, the start of the movie, it sets the tone. You know, you've. I don't know the way the way she was rushing out of her house. I thought, okay, this is after the events of Cloverfield. She's evacuating. She's leaving her boyfriend. Something's happening. I was hoping it was going to be something like that. that. That's what I thought originally was, was her grabbing her clothes to evacuate. Yeah. She was just abandoning ship. She yeah. was like, fuck this. But she's like, it's here in the city or it's coming close. Yeah. I've got to get the hell out of here. Wasn't that, wasn't that way. Yeah, she was like, fuck the relationship. Yeah, she's leaving her boyfriend, who happened to be Bradley Cooper on the phone. Neat. <laughs> uh, Rock Raccoon couldn't get it done. So, He's you got you got you got this set up, and then just yeah, the car crash yeah. just out of nowhere. I, I mean, I knew I, I I knew it was going to happen. I knew the car crash was going to happen because they've kind of pointed it out in the trailers. Each trailer you, you talk about a car crash. I think it was shot well. I mean, it was it was shot yeah. in a way that I hadn't seen a car wreck. Like so that I mean, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but when it did happen, I wasn't expecting it happen right then and there. Mid phone call. Yeah, mid phone yeah. call. Because so, usually uh, they do that one shot where like you're looking out the window shit yeah. nowadays. No. Or misdirection. Yeah. Well, the big misdirection. And uh that happened and then it goes straight from there and it's just emotional and suspenseful and emotional. And it's it was very Hitchcockian in my very, eyes. It, it, it was like it was steady shots. It was very Hitchcock, very slow burn, but it was a slow burn to where it was more emotional play on the, the facial features, yeah. the tone, the voice, the type of this was, way it was spoken. This would have been a movie my wife would have enjoyed because I love that the female character is in constant intensity and mm-hmm. she has like the pulse of the crowd. Yes. But John Goodman comes in and he's just like this. He's the anomaly. He's like this weird offbeat. You can't place him. You don't know if he's a good guy, a bad guy. Well, and it's it's a good. He plays yeah. it so fucking well. I love the mystery yeah. in this movie. Is he right, or is he full of shit? Did he abduct me and tell this farm kid, the stupid dude, you know? get him suckered into this like who's right what's happening out there i fucking it's really good mystery style um it is and what another thing hollywood pay attention this is how you do a fucking commercial all three of us saw the commercial the the teaser the trailers we totally expected different things each so um I just remember the one trailer where the song's playing and they're all just sitting there like playing now. board games and all of a sudden she bashes them with a fucking beer bottle. It's she like, runs up the steps. holy shit. Like, You're yeah. gonna kill what? It? I know. It's like, like, what, what the, the fuck? fuck is going on in this movie? So kudos to the trailer bakers. Yeah. So that's a phenomenal trailer. Because that shot of the house and just the bright light that boom. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is the What's luminous light? What's yeah. happening? Yeah. What's happening? Uh, it was fantastic. That was a fantastic trailer, dude. But, uh, yeah, like you guys were saying, like the shit that happens in this movie, you don't fucking see coming. There's no, like you said, looking out the window or show the car overhead and then the wreck happens. Like it kind of just bam, shit happens out of nowhere. Another mm-hmm. scene like that is the uh, barrel scene, which we'll get into later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, was beautiful. Fucking mm-hmm. awesome. Um, 
what I love is that the you start with a very unnerving area between the relationships of everybody because you can't really even place Emmett. You don't know if he's just clueless and dumb or if he's really intellectually there to be aware of like what might be going on through John Goodman's character's uh, mind. But the way the story's balanced, it's just so fucking unique. Uh, the the one of the coolest scenes I thought though is when they had the problem with the ventilation and she has to do that crawl. That crawl. Oh, yeah, the crawl. Done that. Uh, when she goes through and she gets that secret chamber or that other chamber, I thought that was ingenious to the reveal of help being scratched mm-hmm. in the inside. I go, okay, you just up the level. Yeah. You know, you've just finally. It's like it was a constant like like an onion. You just kept on peeling layers yeah. of like mm-hmm. the relationship between the people, but. Like, if you told somebody that this movie's all in a bunker, they'd be like, oh, well, that's fucking boring. Yeah. But it just builds. There's building and building and building. John Goodman's real sweet and nice. And then he sets the rules yeah. for the house. Yeah, and he he's does. fucking dead serious. And you don't touch in this house. Like, whoa. Like, where, he just, he'll snap on you. And but she drop didn't wait. Hat. I like that she didn't wait. She did over, you know, she, she got away from him and she saw that fucking reveal of the lady at the door to... Put her yeah. like okay, but everybody was friends. Everybody was watching Breakfast Club, and and you know mm-hmm. everybody made good with each other. Well, I love the scene right before that where they're all sitting at the dinner table and uh, they're just sitting there real quiet. And even John Goodman like looks at the other guy and he's like, "Silence at the fucking table! You're interrupting my meal." Yeah, and like mm-hmm. he's not a mean guy outside of like the the it's his rules, the moments. Like you know what I mean? No touching. We don't want that kind of thing happen down here. Uh. You can sit on the couch, you can use the, po- like, he's very, like, you can use whatever you want, just know we got to ration it, but then when it comes to serious times, alone times, or or eating in mm-hmm. quiet, like, he tells that guy pretty much, shut the fuck up, yeah. I'm eating, and then she, like, starts joking with the guy and touching his hand, and out of nowhere, he just picks her up by the fucking throat and slams her against the wall, you don't think I know what you're doing, and yeah. she lifts the keys off of yeah. him, and they sit back down, she, he reaches back and oh he's trying to open his bottle well like, he no, well, he's bottle just playing with the bottle him. because he's like like as he kept saying gotta stay do, hydrated do, do, I, do i stay hydrated or am i enough stay hydrated or is this enough and he keeps going back and forth and she you can see her going fuck he's gonna realize he's gonna realize it gone. put the bottle down and then she boss she, she busts the bottle over his head and takes off running yeah and then we get the first reveal of okay maybe he Don't is open that door. maybe he is right maybe howard is right he's he's not lying yeah. Well, yeah. Cause is this is this where the lady comes up to the, well, like the, before, the window? Before that, she claims they have to have heard car noises above the roof. That's right. And that's when she's okay. There's somebody up there. They're not dead, like he's saying. And that's that's when she starts doubting him. And that's when she lifts the keys to go. She, mm-hmm. she wants to investigate. But pre, like pre, when he's like introducing her to like she wakes up, she's just in this fucking room with an IV. And then she arm. tries to stab him, and she like tries to burn her way out of there. And the whole time, he's very cordial. I mean, he's yeah. mm-hmm. like, look, you were in Iraq. You were in shock. I hooked you up to an IV. You know, here's this. But he's very open. Like, he, when she's able to walk, he's like, okay, this is the best I could do for an airlock. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to work. Yeah. Hey, you know, this is our toilet. This is our filtrate. Like, he's very showing her, but well, he gets serious at moments. I'm glad that he revealed why he was doing it. He goes, I feel sorry. I was in a panic, and I'm the one that fucking sideswiped you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like I I'm taking care of you well, solely out of like I regret that I feel bad for. Well, like well that know. was his first excuse. That was his first reason for yeah. doing it. That was his first one. There's some other undertones as to why he did it, but 
That's... There's there's a few unanswered questions in this movie. That's what I hope to talk to you guys about when we get there. But uh, yeah, like the in the ventilation system, like Jeff was talking about earlier, you know, she has to crawl up into this first level, first story yeah. mm-hmm. compartment, I guess, and reset the switch. And she looks up through, uh, you know, you go up this ladder and there's a, a doorway with a, a porthole or something. Yeah, a with port a porthole, but help me is scratched on the inside. And she looks down, there's earrings. Well, my only question about that room is there were heavy barrels and other items in that room. How did they get in there if they oh, couldn't get in there? I think it, it what, that was just for his farming. I don't think that was for anything else. But he can't, but he can't fit in the vent. No, 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 no. Like oh. go down through the portal oh, okay. for for like bail or whatever the fuck he kept down there i didn't notice that and i was like what the fuck like what? yeah i mean because you also gotta remember like emmett was helping build this whole thing too so maybe that was like stage one and then he went deeper and then made the whole fucking this okay. is just this is just maybe like okay. how i get to my ventilation. well i'm just saying because because there's because if that's that's an important switch that he says that we have to keep going that you have to keep it doing and that seems really hard to get to if you know things are going to happen outside yeah and it's locked from the inside too so how would you Get to it, you know. He's fat. John Gum's a fat man. I'm sorry, but if that happened again, how would he get to it? There was a door behind his closet that was never even revealed. Like what was behind that door? Okay, I guess. So. I mean, I don't know if that was like another. I mean, we don't know. Another area to. Because when you go into his room, that's why I noticed the first thing is like, oh shit, there's a door behind yeah. like his little yeah. clothes closet thing yeah. he had like hanging there. But that scene though with the with the vent when they're re- when she's resetting the ventilation system, uh, that was kind of your first. Or, you know, that was kind of your second hint at this being connected to the Cloverfield universe. Because, oh. Futu- the letter on the on the floor that said Futura Black. And Futura is, the, is also the sister company of Slusho, which is owned by the, uh, the Hagaradu company, which does well, all the mining well, and drilling. The first tie is when she's gassing up and you see Slusho, Slusho. at, the, at yep. the gas station. The gas station is also the same gas station for Super 8. Gotcha. Yeah. Kelvin. Cool. I didn't notice that. And it, and they were going to put Kelvin gas station in Cloverfield, the first one, but they ran out of space. Yeah, there's no gas station in the city, <laughs> and they were kind of ran out of space. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of your, your your other inclination of it being connected, and the fact that he was a satellite worker, and the thing in Cloverfield one was a, was a broken satellite that came crashing down. Yeah. So so he had all the speculations of. Yeah. Well, one thing uh, before she goes up in the vent, Howard starts telling her about his daughter Megan. Mm-hmm. and shows her a picture of her and when she asked he just kind of like gets almost teary-eyed and quits talking about it and then the ventilation snaps but then she finds these earrings and this is my question to you i don't understand this part mm-hmm. what the fuck but okay the we, they come down they figure out that the the chick in the picture is not actually howard's daughter mm-hmm. it's a chick that was missing yeah weeks or for weeks before. yeah for weeks. but her earrings are in the cellar with help me scratched on the door is howard a pedophile is and that's why he doesn't have the no touch rule or is he was it emmett uh you know i, I, thought I don't, I don't think locking the well who locked this little girl in that i think basement? it was well the speculation is that howard did it after his daughter or his, or his wife even if they're even real left them he was probably collecting young women to be his I'm using quotations, daughter, while he kept them trapped in there because he's lonely. Maybe, but the other picture they have of of her is her sitting on his lap, like mm-hmm. totally happy. She's not in fear. Yeah. So I don't understand where. Or maybe that girl was a friend of Megan's. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't get where it goes from there. Like, I don't understand the implication. He didn't have a creeper At first, van. I thought he was a creeper, but 
he's not. He's a, kind of a sincere, intelligent ex-naval guy. Like he, he's not a conspiracy theorist. He's like, do you, I think he even says that. Like, do you see me wearing an aluminum hat? Like, yeah. <laughs> I think he was. I think he had the best. Take care of her was like his main goal. Mm-hmm. But he also knew that the whole world's been radiated. We're going to repopulate. So it was going to get mm. sick at some point. Because but it, he was trying to create a friendship and a kindness between yeah. the relationship. Because there's a moment you, later we'll get into where it's just him and Michelle well, and he comes in all clean shaven. Like, Well, what I what I like is that after she gets the <clears> idea that she understands that the girl used the earring to scratch, help me. And then the mm-hmm. earring got dropped and it's got blood on it. So she, you know, she was like clawing, trying to yeah. get the message out to get help. Because she's locked in that area. It's like, I mean, you see uh, the Mary Winstead uh, character. She starts thinking of the uh, to help Emmett. You know, like, Emmett, help me. This is where I saw the earring from. She shows her the earring. Mm-hmm. She shows her the picture. And he recognizes it as being the girl that went missing. Yada, yada. Mm-hmm. So he's, they start filling in the blanks that, you know, John Goodman's character is well, a lot darker than. They fill in some blanks, but they ask more questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, when did he get her? How did he get her? You know, just I think that was the only only thing in this movie that I just I still this day I look online. Fifty people have fifty different opinions on it. Mm -hmm. What I like is that she took the initiative to say, "Okay, we can't rely on just his 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 word, his calm demeanor." You know, it might wear off at some point. So they start making the uh, the bio suit. You know, the uh, it's it's becoming like we can't stay here. We have to go. We have to leave. We have to get out of here. So she uses the the possibility of her being contaminated yeah. as a chance to start doing some dumpster diving. Well, well Emmett puts that parent that bit of, that bit of paranoia into Howard, like, hey, you know, she was out there, she could have been contaminated. Yeah. And that shower curtain, you know, all that contamination in there, and Howard's kind of brushing it off for like a second, but then he turns the TV off and he's like, "Why risk it?" He's yep. right. <laughs> he's right. So they go to the trash chute and they go there. I yeah. love John Goodman in this movie. I like where he, she first takes a piss and he's like, leave the door open, just pull the shower. She's like, I can't pee with you hearing. He's like, I'm not a pervert. I'm not going to watch. Just leave the sh- shut the shower curtain, leave the door open. Yeah. I just, I love how he just sits there the whole time and yeah. just has. He doesn't trust anybody in his room. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, I'm brought you down here. You should be fucking thanking me. Yeah. Cause the world's over. Yeah. On your knees, bitch. Walk, walk, walk. It could have been that way. But it wasn't. But he wasn't, yeah. He didn't seem perverted at all. Yeah. Well, um, because Emmett was there. No, I, think, even, I think because Emmett was there. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there's a scene coming up. Uh, you know, we, we talked that they were making a biohazard suit. and. Uh, well, to get into that point. Uh, they were trying to hide. Her, her, her character uh, was, you know, she was a. Uh, yeah, was she was into fashion. Or fashion design. Shows, shows, she was know. fashion design. Fashion uh, maker. And so. If she can sew it, she can make it. Pretty yeah. much is what she said. Yeah. Well, and Howard had all these books on how to survive the apocalypse. Anarchist and cookbook. Yeah. How to make build your own biohazard suit. Yeah. Making a filter. Gas uh, mask. All that stuff. Fil- that was fucking cool to have a two liter Pepsi bottle or whatever. <laughs> like they did a good job with this. But uh, yeah, he, Howard comes in the room and discovers the red, you know, the, the little bit of sleeve sticking and the out. Scissors from under missing it. or some shit. Yeah, his scissors are missing. He finds a box cutter and the the scissors. He, yeah, because he brings them all. He t- what's awesome? He opens that that little fucking space underneath, like where the phone was or whatever the radio mm-hmm. area, and he pulls that barrel out. And he just starts wheeling it to there and calls them in there. Mm-hmm. And then he starts explaining the chemical reaction oh, of this acid. What he fucking what he love does. it, Heisenberg style. Uh, that's that's what I thought when I saw. I was like, I was like, and my wife was like, he's gonna do a Heisenberg. I'm like, just just wait. He's gonna do a Heisenberg. Just wait, damn it. Yeah. 
I love that. So he starts accusing Michelle of everything and she's like not saying anything. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, Emmett's like, it was me. You know, I'm fucking sorry, but we got to find out the truth. And no, like, no, I know. No, he said he wanted a weapon so he can get her attention the way she shows him attention. Oh, yeah. yeah I thought he was going to leave and fucking try to take the gun from you so oh, she can right. respect me the way she respects yeah. you. It's been fucking four weeks, people. I, I ain't seen that a long <laughs> time. But it, uh, it stuck out to me because I was like, that's the best story you can feed him at that moment. Yeah. Was like, really? That's the best well, fucking story you can come up with. Well, I love how he's like, well, and I'm sorry. And John Goodman's like, I accept your apology. Bam! Just blows his fucking head off, dude. Yeah. It was like, yep. oh shit. Like, and you don't see it coming. Like, no. it's quick draw McGraw fucking yeah. blast in his face. You only have three characters in the fucking movie, and you just blew one's fucking head off. Yeah, so he just, and then just he, he tells he tells her to go wait in her room. Eisenberg. And he, like and he, and he, <laughs> well, he, well, he goes, uh, go wait in your room. Now it's just me and you, the way it was supposed to be. And nope. when he says that. It's a creep factor. That's yeah. That's that's from like okay. Either he's got a Lolita complex going on. With I this must girl. have missed that line. Yeah, he yeah. says that because he said something mm. like it's gonna like that's how it's supposed to be. Because I know I noticed when I came. I, I think I went and got another soda during this point, but I do remember when he comes back in, he's clean he's shaven. Clean shaven, yeah. And I'm like, oh, bounce, wow, wow, plot thickens. So like, go get the ice cream. So, like I say, pretty much, yeah. You don't, you pretty much don't know if he's doing this as a father figure to this person or. uh Repopulation figure to this person. There's two repopulation. Yes, yeah, gotta be repopulation because I mean, it's obviously he he lost his hold on the, he he lost his hold on the other chick because yeah. I mean he had her clothes and stuff. So it just leads you to believe like God dang, like this guy was pretty much. How many barrels does he have? Yeah, yeah. Like, did she just end up in the trash chute? <laughs> a clog another clog in the trash chute. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, that was pretty neat. I mean, that whole fucking shot of uh, shooting Emmett. But mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, that blindsided the shit out of everybody in the audience. It did. Yeah, everybody in my theater gasped. Yeah. I mean, it was fucking like, what? But as we grow from here, I mean, it was neat. The sequences that follow of her um, taking out John Goodman and planning her escape and finishing her suit. I mean, that was just awesome. The way she tied the the shit to her ankle and mm-hmm. just got the got away. Well, he he makes a comment earlier about uh, using like you know the the cold spray to like to to cool down a was it coffee or soda or something no beer yeah. to chill some beer no chill water I'm sorry to have some cold water he uses this uh air, this aerosol can to chill some water and he also starts going into the story about it breaks locks if you if you spray locks with it and that's how he used to lock his sergeant in his room in the bathroom sometimes and he'd be in there for a few hours trying to get out and. Him and his friends, or him and his uh, his platoon, or his squad boys have a big laugh about it. Yeah, and then that kind of ties in later on when she grabs that can to try to make her escape. And what's funny, she's over there spraying the lock, and you just hear like, "Oh, it didn't work this time, chick." And yeah, uh, it was awesome. Well, we forgot to mention how she got away from him. She kicked that vat of acid over onto him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, climbed up into the vent. He Harvey dented. I love how he's stabbing up into the vent. That was a fucking. That was a killer scene. They, they played the suspense up perfectly. Yeah. They did for all the shit that went down in that bunker. So she gets out. She uh, sets a fire, sets traps. Yeah, she. Yeah, she lost out of it. Howard's deader and shit. He's yeah. melted away. Then some. But uh, she goes out, runs out to uh, I think the truck first, right? Well, no, I, yeah, for, the, I forget no, the car. This... The car because she sets off the alarm. I thought she just bumped into the car. No, oh, she, you're right. You're right. She went to open the, the door and the because she goes. She off. goes to go open the door of the car to get out because the truck is all beat to hell. 
And then she when she sets off the alarm, she hears something in the cornfield yeah. or in the field, and she runs to the the chicken coop or the little shack or the barn or whatever it is, and that's where you see the body of uh, the lady who yeah, came. Before from. all that, she sees this, the the ship light come up, and then you see the the ball fucking drop down in the cornfield, and you see the ball coming towards that's what yeah. pushes her to the chicken coop. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because you don't know what the fuck the ball thing was. You well, you hear it. you hear sounds, and you hear the car move, and yeah. you hear you know the the pathway through the the, the field. Yeah, you don't know what's coming. Yeah. Again, this is the build. This is what you, everybody's been waiting for because, you know, it's Cloverfield that's in the name. This is your money shot. Yep. This well, is kind of your. Payout. Is Howard lying? Is mm-hmm. the end of the world happening? Like you don't. You still well, aren't really aware what the fuck's going on out there. You see, like this chick that's kind of fucking. Well, but mm-hmm. what's awesome? She gets out there and she's looking around. And it's the first time she's seen the sky and everything. And she's looking around and then she sees the birds flying. Yeah. And then she fucking says, fuck it. She takes her mask off. And then that's when she sees the ship. And then she's like, what the fuck now? Like, oh, the, you, like, you got to be Worst line kidding. in the movie. Yeah. Worst line in the and movie. And you're like, okay. But then you see the ship and then drops the thing in the cornfield. And you start seeing the rows of corn kind of like, you know, edging her way towards mm-hmm. her. And that's when you kind of get the uh, the car alarm. Like, shit. Yeah. And, then and the she's chicken got, coop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, everything yeah. escalates great. I mean, it was awesome. I tell you what, when she ran to the truck and opened the door and the thing fucking like, Came out of nowhere to sideswipe her. Scared the shit out of me, man. <laughs> like, because it was totally off frame and it was just like, bam, smash yeah, the door yeah. in. And then fucking she starts up the truck. And well, before that, she as she's fighting or trying to get away from that thing, she rips her suit and she starts like getting paranoid. And she starts like taping her suit uh, back up. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, it's all jangled because yeah. we're all fat and watched as much. She, before she takes her mask off, she rips her suit. And that's when she starts panicking. She starts freaking out. And you're like in that. At, she taped you know, it. You're in that claustrophobic moment because you're like, oh shit, she's gonna die because she's gonna be she in got, the air. She fought Howard. She got all the way out here and then she rips her damn suit. suit. Yeah, Trying was... to get in the truck. I think she tears her leg or some yeah. shit. But that was before. Wait, no. The, the rip was when she before the birds. Yeah, yeah right before, before the birds. birds. And then before the <laughs> yeah. birds. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> oh, shit. Because there's right. a whole shit where she like runs to the barn house and then mm-hmm. we get the scene where like the spaceship's hauling us towards her mm-hmm. and she's got to put. The uh, mask back on because got put the gas mask back on because that green smog. Hits yeah, her I like shit. how they did that, like a neurotoxin spray. Yeah, fucking so the, so, it, are... so it is in the air, sort of. It yeah. is overpopulation. Sort of. They release the gas. Release the gas. Spread that shit out. And I love how John Goodman was completely correct about this. He said, yeah. "Look, if there's an invasion, they're going to send in this. They're going to send in that. They're going to do aerosol. They're not just going to come sit on the ground and fight us." Yeah, you know, like this, they're going to do chemical warfare. Yep, mm-hmm. and he was completely correct about it all. He just right. wasn't correct that it was like entirely in the atmosphere. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it gets dispersed as it's yeah, it's like it's, yeah, like it's a it's attack. You know, yeah. There's, well, I, I like whenever the woman first appears. Whenever uh, Mary Elizabeth's character goes to the door, that old lady, the neighbor, is there. She keeps saying, "It only got me a little bit. It only got me a little bit. Let me in. Let me in." And she's already starting to melt. She's already yeah. starting to kind of Skin's disintegrate. All fucking yeah. So you know the. So something yeah. got her. Like something. It's, it's in. It's pretty fucking extreme. I mean, you don't know if she got bit. You don't know if she got attacked. You don't know if she inhaled anything. You don't know, but something got her. Yeah. And then you see the dead pigs and yeah, all that. Yeah, I love uh, when she jumps in that truck and they played that whiskey bottle so well. Because they introduced that early in the movie. The so I wish it would have been able to get to it. Yeah. yeah. And then fucking 
they play they mention it early in the movie and they use it later in the movie that's fucking good script writing here yeah. the the first alien i didn't like too much it was too much between like a dog a roly-poly yeah, yeah roly-poly like poly a mechanical roly-poly with like just teeth and worm like yeah. stuff yeah it's kind of odd it was neat but it, i mean I, I appreciate original original looking aliens and this was definitely original so kudos to that but it just didn't play too well in a dark scene i i guess because it's black and shiny, it and it's it, black out. It, so. well, it lacked form, you know, because it just got it, lost. It, it, it was kind of a little, that that creature was kind of a letdown, just because yeah. you wanted something more, something bestial, something you know, I guess terrifying. Yeah. Not this is almost that, like something that blew out its nose to go kill. Yeah, like, like you don't want. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like you don't want like you don't want like the, like the the D list transformer yeah. animal character from Beast Wars coming out to get you. You want you know something terrifying yeah. to see. And this is what this this was just a giant mechanical armadillo with teeth. So when we get into the truck and the tendrils come out and they pick up the vehicle, mm-hmm. uh, what did y'all think about the reveal? I it, loved it. It was I, th- like, I thought it was good. Yeah. That was really good because it wasn't spaceman driving the fucking spaceship. It was like mm-hmm. almost kind of like Avengers. Like the whole ship the, the, was like a, a being. It was living. Cre- yeah. It was a living creature. Yeah. That was fun. I yeah, thought that was. I thought, that was, I thought cool that was. I thought that was really cool. Kind of Gears of War kind of shit. It's almost like... A, I did think Gears of War when I first saw it. <laughs> it's not, a, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's almost like that's the alien, but it's got like this exoskeleton flying suit. Yeah. You know, I fucking really I d- like I dug the it, idea dude. of it. Donna Riders in space. And I'm glad they thought, hey, the, the truck's headlights would light the fucking thing. Thank God. You know, mm-hmm. you weren't getting lost in the fucking darkness like the roly-poly. Yeah. 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 I love fucking, you know, as it's pulling her up, she grabs that bottle of whiskey that was mentioned earlier, makes a Molotov cocktail and throws it right up its vagina. The, yeah, yes, yeah, I guess it's a, a little opening it's in it. Esophagus. But yeah, it fucking drops her. And the, it was a cool drop shot, too. Oh, dude, like, it, was gorgeous. it was a very realistic gorgeous. drop shot. How yeah. She dropped and fell and rolled out. And that, was, that was that was really cool. I did, I did really like that. So the thing blows up. Uh, she took one down. She, she comes to. And she gets in that car and and is uh she's trying to she's driving and she's fixing with the radio she's trying to find something on the radio well in doing so she hits the mailbox and it says ten Cloverfield Lane yeah. that's the address I like that mm-hmm. I like how she had to go back to the lady to get the car keys yeah. and all that shit yeah. so I'm like oh fuck <laughs> that was crazy I was I was waiting for the jump scare cool. just in case you know mm-hmm. yeah they did dude they did not do cliche shit in this no. there's one line of dialogue that i was like oh that's fuck and that's when she jumped on the hood of the car and was like you gotta be kidding me or yeah. whatever stupid line but the rest of this movie is original like mm-hmm. yeah. i enjoyed the fuck out of it um so yeah she's driving off and she's like fucking with the radio and it yeah. a, 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 a public service announcement says that houston is fighting the battle but like oh, Bat- and we're winning baton rouge is Come the here safety to, zone. Yeah, safety come to zone. come to come yeah. to Houston for the safe zone. We're fighting and we're winning. We're winning. Hillbillies with guns, ladies and I gentlemen. Love, I love that they, she had the choice. Do I just go? Mm. And that and I thought that was like the main thing. She's escaped two kinds of monsters. Well, that and mm-hmm. she. It, it also goes back to her character problem. She always runs away from problems. Yep. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to Baton Rouge and being safe, she's yeah. like, "Fuck this! I'll fight." And she's become something else yeah. after. Fighting John Goodman well, and this fucking. Well, alien she read thing. She, she read his uh, she read his books on how to survive, you know, apocalypse. So she read all, she knows she has knowledge now. Yeah, anarchist yeah. cookbook, Molotov cocktails. She can do it. She can make those suits, biohazard suits, and yeah, she's. A... She wrote the book for Fallout One Hundred and One. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, the city lights are in the distance, and she's headed to Houston. Well, like well, lightning flashes, and when you, the lightning flashes, you see more of those ships, like more a of those big mothership. You see more of those animal ships in the skyline. That was neat. Yeah. Well, that let's was do so, let's do some final thoughts on this one. Uh, let's start with Ern. Go for it, dude. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed it. I I love John Goodman as an actor. Uh, I hated the movie Red State, but I love this character. Gotcha. I mainly watched Red State because he was in it because. I thought he was going to be good, and his character was good. His acting ability was great. So going into this one, you know, I didn't have any doubt that he wouldn't be good at all. And then you have Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and she was great too. Yeah, a little hottie. Um, this movie really plays up to me. It reminds me of either like the one of the '90s episodes of Outer Limits, or kind of like the '80s Twilight Zone, where when it became more kind of sci-fi. And my deal is, if they ever redo Outer Limits as a series, get Abrams to produce it. Get Abrams to start producing it. If you can do this kind of twist to a movie and make it good, have him do it. Abrams is too expensive. They'll get M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, God, no. <laughs> he does twists. No. No. Not not that fool. Uh, but, yeah, just the play up, the slow burn. The you know the the emotion the the suspense everything was just amazing it was really well done the characters the dialogue uh, the ties to other things in the Cloververse that I that I was picking out left and right uh, it was just really well done and this went from being like a sci-fi movie to a drama to a suspense to a a mystery to a degree some kind of mystery movie. To again back to sci-fi, and uh, I loved it. I thought it was great. If I could, could go see this in the theaters again, I would go definitely go see it again. Uh, so yeah, that's 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 gonna be my thoughts on it. Just home run. Gotcha. Cool man. Who are you, Nate? Oh, um, dude, this movie's top marks all the way from the trailer, how they put it out to the movie. Uh, Usually when you get a good trailer, you get a shitty film. That's what I've been noticing kind of the trend recently. Well, Batman vs. Superman. Exactly. I mean, the uh, the trailer left it open for interpretation. What is this movie even fucking about? What's going on? And the movie, as you're watching it, you still have that feeling. Mm-hmm. Although it's set in a, a, a bunker, you're, you're like, okay, it's straightforward. Okay, John Goodman's nuts. Oh, wait, he's not nuts. Oh, wait, he's kind of dark. Oh, he's, he's a little light. Oh, fuck, he just killed somebody. Like, <laughs> it, it keeps you guessing. It keeps you on the edge of your seat the entire fucking time. The only other movie that really kept, kept my fucking attention, like me on the edge of my seat, was Seven. Like, I couldn't relax in that movie. This movie I can't relax in. And that's not from, like violence or anything like that it's just from mystery like you don't know where this is john goodman right or is he a fucking nut or is he fuck well he's a naval commander like there's just so much going on in this movie there's not really any fucking dull moments the moments when they kind of act all family-ish and come together they're fun they're playing board games they're watching old shitty movies i would give this movie uh a fucking plus this is better than cloverfield this is better than super eight uh, I'm kind of shocked at how much money it made because it was made for 15 million and only made 72. The ratings on it's an 85. It's got good ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I guess people just weren't 
spring break. I don't know what the fuck was going on. I at think that the time. big issue is that once word got out that it <clears throat> wasn't a Cloverfield sequel, that kind of killed some of the buzz. Well, those people they should be shot because this is a fucking great movie. This movie's too smart for them, huh? No, this movie ain't smart. This movie's just right. Like like Jeff was saying, he brought his kid who usually is entertained by this shit. This is a movie for adults. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, final thoughts is a great fucking movie. Um, I liked it. It was a, a a good movie. I mean, a 90 minute film that actually had a good, strong beginning, middle, end. All the characters worked. But I find a lot of these movies that do just focus more on character pieces do work better. I mean, if you have big ensembles, then you're trying to you're dealing with egos and screen time and writing issues because you need everybody to have a you know their piece of the pie. With this one, it was just like wow. I mean, you could almost go see this in a play. It could have ended with her taking off her mask, and that could have just been the end. It didn't need the whole Cloverfield uh, stuff in my mind. It was just already a good movie. Uh, the little 15-minute cap at the end with all the alien stuff was just uh, like icing on the cake. I've already sitting down and watching a really good film. Um, I go back to a lot of movies that I did watch that were kind of like this. Like I recently saw uh, The Witch in theaters, and I like those kind of movies. I know they don't get the best reviews, or I don't know. I really don't give a shit how other people like The Witcher didn't. I, I thought it was awesome. I had that sense of dread throughout the whole entire feature, and, and that's why I like to sit down is like really uh, have an engaging experience. And this was very awesome. Uh, my kid saw the payoff, and I was glad he did. I mean, there was an awesome payoff at the end there with the uh, special effects. But overall, it was a, a very simplistic, fun film that hit all the right beats to be uh, what I see as very viable as like a man, that was entertainment uh, at its best, you know. Um, I like to see it go other places, but really, I, I, I really don't care. It was a, a good standalone film for what it is. And these days it's rare. Can you just make a film that's just a good standalone film? And I think this was definitely one of them. No. I think John Goodman should win a fucking award for this acting. He's uh, fucking awesome. Best man. supporting actor nomination. I would, I would, I would put him in the in the box. I wouldn't think he would win the nomination, mm -hmm. but he should definitely be up for it. Yeah, he, he did a great nomination. job. I mean, the way you do not sense when he flips, it's just drop of a hat. Like yeah, fucking mm -hmm. turn on you. Well, when they're playing the game, and you know, he's like, "I know what you've been doing. I'm watching right. you. <laughs> I know what awesome. you did." I'm watching. He's being very strict and straightforward. And, and they're all and sweating. squirming in his pants, but like the girl's like knows exactly what she's thinking. It's Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great, dude. And, he, and he's yelling. He starts yelling at him. He's getting, mm -hmm. you know, raising his voice. And I'm like, always watching. <laughs> always. I know when you're sleeping. Santa Claus. That was awesome. Yeah, he's he's fucking great. Everybody in this movie is great. So. Yeah. Uh, buy, what, uh, rent or uh, avoid. Obviously, for me, it's a fucking double buy. As soon as this comes yeah. out, I'm getting it. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. Is that your first buy, Jeff? I don't ever remember you giving a buy. I don't. Woo! No. Yeah. <laughs> Round of applause. I'll, I'll probably pick it up. <laughs> if I pick it up, yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm curious what it's gonna have for as far as uh deleted scenes and shit like that. Uh, hopefully, there's some wealth in there. Well, I mean, no, you bought the thing. I forgot. The original thing you said bye. Oh, yeah. Damn it. Damn it. So, um, I guess this is second to last for our alien month. Uh, mm -hmm. We got one more coming up next yeah. week. So, 
Uh, well, I did post the question out on our social media pages, and people, pretty much everybody said that they liked Cloverfield. They thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of long, long answers. <laughs> I don't want to read those. Uh, so, Cloverfield, uh, that was the majority of the answer. So uh, I'll just go with that because I'm not going to read every single Well, quote. I like the, the third part of that long answer. It was kind of like... Which uh, Daryl or by Iffy? Uh, the one by Iffy. Uh, I think Iffy said, uh, if this was to go somewhere as a part three to this Cloverfield universe, where would you want to see it go? Well, this will be... The, we'll go to a part four. Super I don't want to see her go to Houston and fight a battle. You I, don't want to see that? No. Because then you're talking not character, you're talking action, you're talking CGI, people aren't getting enough slice of the pie, and then you run into fucking problems. So I had, love story character-driven So we've movies. had New York for Cloverfield. This is obviously... Outside of Houston. Uh, Houston Louisiana? was 100 miles? Louisiana? So it's, or, I think it's Louisiana. Louisiana, so down south. Because it's either Baton Rouge or you go into Texas for Houston. Do you know where Super 8 was located at? Which part of the... Oh, uh, I got that right here. Hold on. Go ahead. Keep talking. But uh, uh, this doesn't fit into Super 8, though. West Virginia. Know. West Virginia. So thought... you've had Eastern and then Southern. But Super 8 is like dated. It is. It's supposed to be like early, early 60s, into his universe. So how the 70s. fuck would that tie into the core? Because this is the first that hit. But Super then again, was this alien. wasn't a bad alien. Yeah. It like I said, these are not tied together. Right, I don't these think, I, are. I, if it carries a Cloverfield in it, then I see it as a Cloverfield. I really don't care about Super Eight, the Kelvin That's... Gas Station, the Slush Show, the Futura, all that kind of. The theory is that pretty it's... much Super Eight was the first alien. It's like a multiverse. All right, never mind. I don't want to see a third one. This is, oh, the, <laughs> the overthinking kills it for me. I okay. guess. I, I guess the, there would be a fun build. to tie in the Clovey monster and these aliens into like a larger alien invasion kind of film. I would like to see a Cloverfield two non shaky cam. Uh, yeah, you know, regular I, I would production. never return to that shaky cam. That was a good. I'd be one down off. for that. Yeah, it was Th- great. That was a good origin. I'd yeah, like to see for the, that Clovey for that monster. for that one. I'd like to see Cloverfield two. As far as this movie, uh, I don't. It's such a good fucking movie. Don't ruin it, please. Like no, no, no. I, I, I would, I would, I would totally never deal with mary elizabeth's character again i would just yeah. deal with the alien invasion as like a larger mm-hmm. scale like, maybe do a one-off of like people in washington yeah like the next the one i'd like to see know. like thomas jane trying to get his family out of houston but he has to fight a battle that'd be I cool mean, it would just be strictly i want the the main centerpiece to be the aliens like the invasion mm-hmm. so like okay maybe in in houston we do see the chloe monster full grown full grown uh we do see those more of the spaceship ones and mm-hmm. then maybe we introduce something else that leads us to more like Maybe like some kind of weird ground drones, kind of like the lice and shit that yeah. you see yeah. more of almost borderline battle LA, battle Los Angeles shit, but I don't know. I could see what you're saying. Like uh, the first one's kind of alien driven. The second one's character driven of avoiding this thing. And then the third one going back to what the destruction or fight is. I just don't want it to be Mary, Mary Elizabeth or yeah, what Mary Winstead's yeah. character. You don't want her to be the main focus. I, I wouldn't mind her like, for cameoing in it like hey i know how to do this and like people taking like a little bit of direction from her like mm-hmm. she's kind of like briefing her story and then it just goes off like on thomas jane or whoever fucking doing yeah. their own thing thomas jane. but uh, <laughs> it works <laughs> hey, I, I, he's been... Dolph lundgren uh stand in houston he needs the work <laughs> yeah he does but um i'm coming peace i'd be four different characters i don't want her I don't want her to return. That's not saying out a bad thing. She was in a goddamn near perfect movie for me. I don't want it's like it's like the thing. I don't need that story to continue. I didn't need a Cloverfield. I'm glad we got something like this. So I like things that are under the radar that just pop up and like, whoa, look at this. It's something unique. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm not amazed that nobody went and saw it. Not enough people went and saw it. But yeah. it's kind of a good thing, too, because it's kind of like, money. Well, it's kind of to the point of like, you see where people kind of flock these days. That's why Batman vs. Superman made half a billion dollars. Already. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's not because people wanted to see it. It's that they wanted to have their own opinion on it. People don't give a fuck about character development. No. They want the CGI, the explosions, the Michael Bay well, shit. This is why Transformers has like four more sequels planned in Greenlit. Well, pe- people want... It's like, oh. <laughs> people want all the information. They want everything. They want to be told everything. They want full closure. And every time there's no closure, then they don't like that because they have to use their imagination. And I think that's why I enjoy Red State, where you don't. As, as the, the... I'll, I'll say this. If the movie ended after the horns trumpeted, and you don't get any explanation. Well, you know I would the, have liked that. You know what the original ending was, right? No. Okay. The ri- Sorry. We're going off subject, <laughs> but I'm going to go and say the original ending to Red State was the horns happen and the fucking four horsemen of the apocalypse show up and this angel points. He's like a giant angel points a sword down at fucking John Goodman's character winks and the movie ends. So the Phelps family was correct. Oh, okay. That would have been a cool twist. It was like $10 million to have that. That special the CGI. It's dungeon. Kevin Smith. Sell a so, few comics. No, he couldn't do it. He's, you know, he's a Weinstein dude. If he doesn't get the money, uh, he, I mean, he barely got the money to do that movie. Yeah. You know, it was only a $4 million budget. Uh, but I love how it ends ironically. You know, the horns are blasting off and then it goes to John Goodman getting debriefed. And he's like, you know, some old pot growers just didn't like them. They hooked up a big ass air horn and played a single blast. I, I thought that was so fucking clever. And then in the end, of course, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I love that. So I can see where a lot of people, you know, it's tomato, tomato. You know, some people like it. Some people didn't. It didn't do good in theater. So, but it's in my action. Same with Tusk. I mean, that wasn't a great movie, but it was different. Yeah. I enjoy difference. Cool. So going back to this, uh, absolute watch. Definitely. You got to watch it. If it's still in theater, if it's in a dollar theater, go fucking see it. Um, I'm a, I, I trying to remember his name. Uh, the guy's doing Guardians of the Galaxy. James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn. Uh, he wrote a screenplay for a film called The Belko Experiment. Uh, the Gallagher guy, the guy that plays Emmett, uh, mm-hmm. He auditioned for uh, James Gunn. I don't know if it was for Guardians or Slither or something, one of his earlier films. And James Gunn really liked Gallagher. He really wanted him. I don't know if he wanted him for, like, maybe he was a good fit for Guardians, but he just didn't feel like he was the right person. But he said, I really want to work with this Gallagher guy. He's a very great actor. And from watching this film, you really see that, you know, Gunn has his eyes right on the mm-hmm. right guy. So Gunn's written this uh, screenplay uh, for Belko Experiment. And it's in production now. I think it's actually in post-production now. And uh, Gallagher is uh, one of the main actors in the film. And yeah, I think I, it's post because Gunn's currently working and filming Guardians 2. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. making Guardians 2, but uh, Greg McLean's directing, who's did uh, Wolf Creek. Uh, he's directing yeah. Belko Experiment. And, I mean, everything that makes James Gunn awesome is involved in this film. And after watching Emmett or uh, Gallagher's work in... in in Cloverfield Lane, I'm really... Is into... Wolf Creek the one about the Australian Outback? Yeah, that was a good yeah. fucking play. The director's great, and I know they got a six-part miniseries that's about to come out soon in Australia about Wolf Creek. It's going to be a TV series. Oh, dope. Mm-hmm. Because that was a true story one, based on It's based events. loosely on like, a, yeah. like the murder that did all that shit, serial killer over there. It's basically like, you know, 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre kind of shit. But, but, I love, but I love part two because it's more cat and mouse. And I think they're playing more to that in this miniseries that's about to come out. Yeah, I remember that movie being really fucking well shot and oh, really good. Perfect. So if that's the director, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Because, I mean, it's going to be this director working with these kind of types of actors. I mean, Gallagher's one of them. Uh, it's going to be a good cast. And the story fucking sounds amazing. And I'm gun read it or wrote it. So it's going to be, you know, fucking awesome. So is it in it's gonna pre-production or is it filming? It's post-production. So I think it's going to oh. play festivals nice. this year. So hopefully we'll get a release date either for late this year or early next year. Nice. Okay. That, definitely check that's that out. definitely, I mean, with Gallagher in the driver's seat, it's going to be hopefully, fingers crossed. Because, <laughs> I mean, anything James Gunn's written has legs. I mean, this guy doesn't sit down and just write shit. Yeah, you know, shit. He thinks it out. Yeah. I think everything he does put to paper is really like a passion. Fuck, I thought Guardians was going to suck, and I was so surprised at that movie. I thought Slither would be something you can write off as being great. You know, like just, uh, it's just a good B-meal movie. Mm -hmm. It just celebrated its 10th anniversary recently, and it's still like one of of my favorite horror comedies. Right there next to like Shaun of the Dead kind of shit. Nice. Well, I mean, James Gunn, he graduated from the school trauma. And he worked underneath Floyd. I keep forgetting he came from trauma. Yeah. I, I, every time you say that, I'm like, ah. Well, but the yeah. thing is, is that Lloyd, if you read Lloyd's book, you know, everything I learned about movies I learned from the Toxic Avenger, he really, uh, you know, put a lot of emphasis on detail, character development, a lot of that. And a lot of what Lloyd did, Gunn is really, it's, he soaked it up with a sponge. He, he seed a lot of young Lloyd into James Gunn. Mm-hmm. And he, he took that with him as he's making movies now and it works. So, uh, I hope you listeners are happy. This has been requested and requested and requested. I don't know how they found my personal name and (laughs) message me, but you fuckers better quit stalking me. Your personal name. Yeah. They found me. He's not really, he's not really, he's not really Nathan. We don't don't say his real name. His name is, his name is Chico Ramon. Hey man, I'm part of those you don't speak of. Yeah. It's that? just the stage name, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, from all of us to all you, uh, join us next week for, I believe, our final alien invasion film. Instant, yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah. You are Hefe. <laughs> I am Jeff. <laughs> I am Aaron. I'm Nathan. Keep it fucking big and scary. All right, guys. Keep it scary. Uh-huh. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Deep in the Horror of Texas. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you like what you hear, please leave a review on the iTunes or Stitcher radio app. And above all, remember to keep it scary.